You're listening to episode 100 of the D6 Pack. Welcome to the D6 Pack, the premier podcast about beer, board games, and the surrounding culture. In this milestone 100th episode, David, Todd, Travis, Sean, Joe, and Alex will sample various brews while discussing their top six board games of all time. Let's dive right in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the D6 Pack. Today is our 100th episode, and as you can see, we have a larger crew today than normal. Um, Not only do we have the originals with us, but we have some uh, auxiliary D6 Pack members (laughs) with Sean in here and... Uh, next to me here is my friend Joe from the Oakland County Gamers, and we also have Alex from the Ronin Geek podcast. Uh, Joe, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Joe Brown, um, been gaming for my whole life since I was little, everything from role playing, board games, and computer games, and I'm um, happy to be here. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, Alex? Yeah, yeah. Alex. No problem. No problem. Uh, so, yeah, Ronan Geek Official Podcast is a geek news and comedy podcast, although we've kind of been digging more into evergreen topics, if you will. And uh, it's definitely a not safe for work podcast, so make sure not to listen around the kids. But uh, I guarantee if you're a geek and you like to hear things getting roasted and made fun of relentlessly and not really any real work getting done, you're going to enjoy it. So <laughs> it's a good place to be for that. Well, thank you guys for joining us, and I think this is going to be a fun episode. Uh, We're going to be talking about our top six favorite games of all time. But before we jump into that, uh, we're going to skip a lot of the uh, what's cracking and brew review stuff this time, because with six of us here, a top six is going to take a long time anyway. But we are going to open this one up in traditional D6 pack style by cracking open a beer. So... Um, I will say that I am drinking Austin Brothers Brewing Company uh-huh. Double Red Raspberry Gose. Uh, mm. This is a uh, Alpina Brewery. Sounds good. What do you guys got? I just got you know a little Truly uh, Mango Lemonade <laughs> Hard Seltzer. You know, just taking, light, just taking it light and breezy today. You know. Uh, you know, gotta stay weekend, hydrated. Yeah. Last weekend it was not light and breezy, so I'm still on the recovery. <laughs> well, we'll be all right. That's all right. I'm hitting a Henry's hard soda orange drink. Oh, okay. So. A little uh, childhood in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Alex, how about you? What are you sipping on? Yeah, I got uh, this. It's I guess it's called Amsterdam Blonde Lager, and it's it's quite a tall boy. So I don't know if I'll get all the way through it tonight, but we'll see. Okay. <laughs> Do you have to work tomorrow or anything? No, I have oh, to. I have know. to I mean, dad, and I have to finish building a, a a playhouse, like a literal like playhouse with a slide in our backyard. No, so I got my day cut out for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can have you can have Just a couple crack more. Another one. Yeah. Here yeah. I built one. We built one beginning of the spring, and that was definitely an event. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting. I'm expecting it to be uh, fully. I guess they have. They have like people that come and build them for you, but not where we live. <laughs> I mean, not where I would we have live. paid. Why no, the extra cost? You could have just threw numbers at me. I've been like, yeah, do it, please. Oh, interesting. You know for next time now. You know for next time. 
How about you, Sean? What are you drinking? Uh, for you, Michiganders, the Dragon's Hill Preserve from New Holland. The in this case, the rum barrel aged with chocolate, hazelnut, and toasted coconut. Oh, I love Dragon's Milk, and that sounds like an awesome combination. Yes, does sound good. Sounds sounds like a lot to me. Um, and I'm drinking Angry Orchard, so nothing nothing too crazy. You've been enjoying those this week. Yes, yes, I have. That's what inspired me, Sean. I I went out with Sean and his wife on uh, Tuesday, and I had an Angry Orchard and said, "Wow, I haven't had one of these in a while, so I need some more." What's the the cider that you like, Travis? Bold Rock is Don't the one that I really like. Yeah. So when I went to pick this up, they had Bold Rock um, hard tea at the oh. store, so they're selling it in Michigan now. Okay, haven't had that one. If you ever come across Mackenzie's, that's our number one favorite cider uh, maker McKenzie's now. Mackenzie's is good tea. Yeah. They make a good pumpkin one. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sean oh, yes. knows the pumpkin. Number one. <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right. So with that, I think we will dive right into our list. Um, I actually haven't checked my text message to make sure I don't have anything higher. So, well, first up, if while you're looking at that, you know, special 100th episode, you know, I wanted to bring out all the stops, you know, so I got some cool special effects. Hopefully, <laughs> oh, okay, I'm I'm I'm, over, I'm overselling this. Let's here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. Oh look man! Look at that oh. action! Oh, look at that action! Oh, bringing out all the stops. Woo! Got the fancy lighting going wow. on. Fancy lights. Okay, that's it. I'm out. Now, can your computer handle that? Is it going to be okay? That's all. It's it's making noises. I mean, okay. things are shutting off. It's time for our top six. All right. So, um, to give some of the guests on the show today a chance to kind of understand how we do our. Uh, lists. I think we'll start with the original crew here. So, Travis, you want to jump in with your number six? I do. Um, and this can be for our guests on the show and, again, our, our listeners and viewers. But I would consider myself the, I don't know, out of everybody here, maybe Sean and I would be close with this. But as far as board gaming goes, I find that, you know, I get to do it most when I'm with friends, specifically you guys. Um, But I also like ones that kind of encourage banter and stuff like that. I'm not necessarily a super, um, what's what am I looking for? Kind of strategic type gamer. Strategic, yeah. Yeah. So I try to keep it light and fun, and you're going to notice that Mm -hmm. probably um, on my top six today. But one of my favorite kind of party games, I guess, of all time, and. I played this with you guys. I think, Dave, like you've introduced me to every game out there. But um, this one is Wits and Wagers by North Star Games. It's my number six. So um, very simple premise. If, you, if you know, you've never played, um, it's like trivia, all number-based. You write down what you think is the correct answer, and then they get lined up in ascending order, basically. And you bet with poker chips, and essentially at the end of seven rounds, I think, whoever has the most chips for doing the best guessing um, is the winner. So it's kind of got that, you know, Vegas-style gambling uh, 
kind of thing built into it. But it's fun. It's light. You actually you learn some cool stuff that you probably never – you're like, wow, that's, that's how many of those there were. But, uh, yeah, it's light, and people have – you can play on teams with with kids and stuff too, and let them get on it in on it. So I like that as well. Yeah, for, I mean, this is a great game. I would say, you know, for me, especially for me, this is like the best trivia game. I mean, if we're gonna do something like that, this is the best one because, you know, with within the game, it's not necessarily, you know, you don't necessarily need to know all the answers. Mm-hmm. You just kind of need to plan who you think knows all the right answers and bet on them, and yeah. you know, just make the right. You know, there's a there's a game within it. It's not just you know yes or no, getting the right answer. So that makes it really cool. Like that, you know, that gambling style, a little you know Vegas style is really cool. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, this is a solid one. Um, solid. I think you guys covered most of it, but I will say the one thing is this makes a good streaming game too. Uh, we did this when COVID first started. I thought that was a lot of fun. So nice, solid pick. So yeah, I never fine. played it. Looks awesome. I gotta, I gotta get this one. Oh this yeah, really cool. It's a lot yeah. of fun. I think I this think there's also one that's is there, like, like, is there a juniors edition, Dave? You know, like a family uh, edition. I don't one? know about junior. I know there's like a family edition though. Yeah, I mean, so depending on how old your kids are, I mean, it's definitely something the whole family can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and the other thing is it's widely available. Like this oh, is yeah. one that's available at Target, Walmart. Yeah. So, um, easy to pick this one up, and not really expensive. So it's it's no. good. It's accessible for sure. Very accessible. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll jump in with my number six because it's going to be quick. Mine's higher on somebody else's list. You know what? I'm going to follow you right up, Dave, and just copy what you said. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sean, how about uh, your number six? Okay. Uh, Let's see. Make sure I got it right. Okay. So my number six is, well, I guess a little bit of background. I'm I'm in nowhere near Travis, honestly, but um, from a board gaming perspective, for a long time, it was just the old classics kind of stuff, and it wasn't until post-college, really, mm-hmm. probably maybe when Travis moved in, for that matter, <laughs> um, for, to really experience the renaissance, I guess, I feel like that board gaming went through, or at least from my disconnected perspective, it felt like a renaissance. But, um, so my... my Repertoire is a little bit limited, uh, but there's still been some pretty fun ones we, I've discovered over the time uh, with friends. So one that we got introduced to by friends was um, One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Uh, we're not normally big, um, what's the word, table games with the lying and like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not, I'm not really a good liar, I'm too I'm honest to a fault. Typically, so I'm typically not good at them. But one night ultimate werewolf, where you know everybody gets their different roles, and then there's expansions where there's more roles that you can play, and everybody you know wakes up and I love the audio app that goes with it, giving everybody instructions, and so that kind of helps set the ambiance too. Mm-hmm. And so the, the multiple combinations is fun. Trying to figure out how different people play. 
obviously table games are kind of their own special genre a bit as well. And um, but this one is, I feel like it's more accessible of a table game. You don't have to be really skilled at lying and to really enjoy it um, compared to some others, I feel. And uh, it's just the concept is really easy to expand on. I didn't even realize I, apparently there's a, a vampire and an alien version too. Uh, I was just looking that up. Oh, really? Okay. Um, so yeah, it, apparently I think that's the inspiration of the movie, I guess. Comedy horror movie that's coming out in the near future. <laughs> so, yeah. There's a movie coming out about it. I had no idea, but I'm pretty sure somewhere I saw that it was inspired by it. Because um, when I was looking at when I was watching the trailers, I was like, it's kind of a yeah. I didn't quite process it, but eventually, I think it is. It is. So, yeah, very fun table game, and I, yeah, I love the, the the app that goes along with it too. I feel like that really yeah. Like you, says, like you said, sets the mood, you know? Yes, mm-hmm. sure. Pulls you in, like the yeah. Music, yeah, makes it more immersive. Mm-hmm. The nice. soothing voice of Eric Summer. Yep. <laughs> That's my number six. Okay, cool. William. All right. Uh, Alex, you want to jump in with your number six? Yeah, sure. Actually, so I was thinking um, the game you guys have probably all played at one point or another, kind of an entry if you're into role-playing as well, would be Classic Munchkin. So I think it's a pretty brilliant game. It's a very watered-down Dungeons uh, Dungeons and Dragons-style game with, you know, you have... Uh, it all takes place on a, a game board, but you actually have, uh, you know, monsters to attack, you have loot to gain, you can, you know, backstab, you know, other players in the game, or you, or you can help other players, and hopefully they help you back, but they don't have to. And in that it kind of takes on sort of a uh, D&D light kind of aspect. So if, if you're trying to ingratiate, you know, younger kids with that style of gaming or even like friends who aren't just really into it and you also don't want it to take weeks and weeks to play, you just want to get a game done in a couple hours, uh, Classic Munchkin is definitely a, a great game to try. So I do recommend it for everybody. Probably less of a party game, I would say. Normally you'd be breaking off from a party mm-hmm. if you're going off to play around this. But, uh, you know, I just I just think it's a brilliant little game and it's, it's, just, it's just enough uh, fantasy and strategy to kind of make it uh, like a role-playing game. So, but just mm-hmm. enough. It's not. It's not too over the top or too into itself or anything like that. And it's quite humorous and light yeah, as well. Much. So that's definitely one I, I recommend for everybody who hasn't hasn't tried it. Yeah, and, and the cool thing about Munchkin, you know, there's like a million of them with all different themes. So it's like whatever thing you're into, Marvel, yeah. you know, uh, you know, Star Wars, whatever, whatever it is. Get like you a know, Christmas munchkin if it's just a holiday oh, thing. There's all kinds of them. There's a bunch of stuff and like expansions, everything. I mean, you can throw it all together. So it can it can end up being a pretty large, you know, game for just this little bit of, you know, oh, yeah. backstabbing. Oh, yeah. and, but it's it's pretty deep. I mean, it's you know, pretty sure the flagship game of uh, of that company. So they've definitely oh, put a lot into it. it. Is. Yeah, yeah. It's also a property that's ended up in other board games. I have at least one other. Uh, board game on my list that we'll get to uh, that actually has uh, Munchkin deck included. So it's uh, it's interesting mm. to kind of see that it's even made the jump into other games as well. It's that big. Um, yeah. And I was just looking up the review on Board Game Geek, man. It really, I don't know if it got review bombed or something, but man, like it's, it seems fairly divisive and I didn't think it was. But uh, yeah, kind of an interesting little game like that. So, so uh, 
I'll jump in at that comment and just say that I, I honestly haven't played Munchkin, but I think where like the divisiveness comes in, like you said this as a quick game, but that's not what I've heard. Like, oh I've really? If you get the wrong group of people, Munchkin can drag. Oh, I could I could see that. Yeah, where you get people who are just maybe you know really dragging it out on their own on their own yeah. turns or whatever, you know, trying to you know decide what they want to do. I mean, you can always institute the uh, the classic the little uh, uh, sand timer if you need to. <laughs> Force moves yeah. a little bit quicker. <laughs> and, and and a lot of that, you know, like I said, you know, there's a lot of stabbing in the back. So, you know, some people can do, get get turned off by that aspect too. You know, or you know, getting ganged up on, you know, beat up on somebody. You know, so there there can be a little bit of that. So, well, to be clear, you know. there's always someone who gets ganged up on. So yeah, you too. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I, I think it's yeah. I think it's fun to be that guy, kind of. It's fun, but uh, if you're not into that and you, and you take it a bit seriously, then maybe it's not the game for you. Right. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think Munchkin is one of those games. Like for the people who get it and understand it, they like it. You know. Yep. And it's yep. just like other people. It's just like instant. Nope. Never <laughs> you <know>. again. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, for years. No. Uh, uh, we used to do a gentleman's retreat up in a, a cabin up north of Michigan, and uh, this was always the first game that we played. Uh, a lot of heavy drinking involved. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. That's cool. That's cool. Oh man, we did similar retreats up here in uh, in southern Ontario, and uh, but it was it was a lot of card games, and we'd we'd all bring money and poker chips, and we'd all mm-hmm. just end up the money would change hands so many times during the weekend, just everybody <laughs> taking one another's money in card games. It was always so much fun. So yeah, this would be a good game for that. Yeah. All right. Uh, some, uh, who haven't Joe? Oh, you have Joe. Your numbers. Yeah. Oh no, I haven't. <laughs> no, no. My, yeah. So my, my experience with board games has been pretty wide since we started OCG, but, um, uh, one of the things that I've decided is to get my wife does not, she's not a gamer uh, uh, at heart, and so I had to get her into board games. And, it's uh, tough. It's and tough. So it's tough. By like default, that. a lot of my favorites are things that I can actually play with my wife. So uh, Azul is my number six. Um, uh, we we love it. It's uh, it's a nice little four player game. Um, it it uh, has some strategy involved. It's uh, tile placement, so you're trying to make a mosaic, and um, uh, you know, it it it, uh, it is a nice game to have at a table where you can actually uh, talk to each other while you're playing, and uh, a little bit lighter mechanics. And um, I would I would consider it like sort of an entry level game for for people who aren't into the heavier games. It just uh, it's one that gets played at OCG regularly. Um, you know, you always see a copy out, and uh, and and definitely enjoyable um, experience. They have several different um, iterations of it now. Um, it was so successful that they made a couple other, uh, you know, Azules that go along mm-hmm. with it. I'm not as familiar with, but um, overall, highly recommend it. And, uh, and it's uh, my, you know, my wife loves it. So if you have a wife that doesn't uh, like to play games very often, this is a great game to play with. It. You know, it's so pretty. <laughs> it's it just a, it's just a pretty looking game. It's it's you know I've only I've only had the chance to play it once. You know, but I, w- I would love to play a game. It's just, just like you said, you can just sit around. It's like calming. You know, it's not like definitely not a munchkin stabbing in the back, yelling at people. You know, throwing drinks across the room. It's just chill. It's just yeah. very like zen. You know, almost like you know a game we we play a lot. Uh, the group here, Takedo. You know, 
just like that pretty, just like a little go, go with the flow type game. Uh-huh. You can just, just you know, just pretty and calming, you know. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely like that game. Nice. I think I've played it with Dave and Adrian. Um, I, I have the dissenting opinion from the rest of the world on this game, so <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and stay quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go, folks. Dave loves it. Um, Dave, <laughs> rave review, Dave. <laughs> it's his number one. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We own it. Yeah, you For sure do. You're trying. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, it's, it, it's in a bag in that closet over there. <laughs> Great. I'll bring it up with you. I'll buy. I'll buy it from you. I'll give you twenty bucks. I'll tell you right now. Give me twenty bucks. Bring it up. Um, Dave, I did hear from one of our viewers that there's still some echo. I don't know if there's anything else you can do, but just so you I'll know. See. Just like overall oh, echo? Is like one person echo? Echo seems to come when you're showing pictures on the screen. I also just got that feedback, too. Feedback. Yeah, Loving it. I, I think I just forgot to turn one of the mics down when I on the other okay. screen. Well, we apologize, you know, but, you know, this is, I mean, what do you expect, okay? I this mean, is the quality this is, you've come to expect 100 episodes is, in, all right? 100 episodes are, okay. We're just working out the kinks, okay? <laughs> still figuring it out. We're still. We're just, we're, we're just we're getting started, right? With the one yeah, still, we're just warming up, so it's fine. We're just warming up, yeah, all right? We're just practicing, okay? All right. I've never had to manage six audio feeds. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I'm glad I'm not in charge of that tonight. Glad yeah. that we're not doing this live. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Well, okay. I mean, we are. I'm gonna, you know, we are. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go right into five. Okay. You know, did I even be able to talk about a game yet? And I really want to, but yet I can't because my number five is higher <laughs> on someone's list. So really, look at this. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel you too, and I'll go ahead and say my five is higher on somebody else's list. Here so here it is. I'll stay quiet okay. this time. What happened? I I, I only had one. No. Oh. <laughs> what are you guys my doing? You guys play all the same games. games. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's what true. it is. I mean, Travis likes to steal all my games. <laughs> It's it's just they have the same list. They cheated and like we talked earlier. Yes, like, Todd. What games do I like? I'm like, do you like this? Remember <laughs> this one? He's like, oh yeah, maybe. Pretty much. Um, well, I haven't had a chance to talk about a game yet either, and I actually can talk about my number five. So, um, my number five is uh, probably the deepest game we've talked about yet, um, and it's a fairly new one. It's In the Hall of the Mountain King by Burr Island Games. Um, this one came out, I think, two years ago, three years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's like that. Um, I really like it because it's got a lot of, like, puzzly aspects to it. Um, there's not a lot, like, your turns are very stepwise, so there's not a lot of deviation in, like, the type of things you're doing each round, but the way that you choose to do use your resources is a little bit different and uh, can result in different shapes and patterns on your side of the board. Um, it, 
I don't know. I just really enjoy that puzzly aspect of using the polyomino pieces. And then there's also some strategy to it in that um, there's different ways you can score points. Like uh, the most recent time I played, I won because I didn't go for the middle and I just started building out blocks and I made giant rooms and that got me a lot of points, which isn't something I had considered doing before, but it was a valid strategy. So uh, that uh, variability is part of what I find really interesting about this game. And it's uh, not like the prettiest game, I wouldn't say, but the components to it are really cool. And um, it's... I would say it has a good table presence, though. I mean, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. it's very. I would say the art is detailed. You know, it might not have like the biggest, you know, greatest like color scheme. You know, just you know, range of like this big bright rainbow thing. It's like you're underground in a cave. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and you feel that. You know, you feel that browns, darkness. A lot of earthy, a lot of grays, a lot of earth. You know, a lot of rocks, but they're pretty <laughs> rocks. So they are pretty rocks. Yeah, I, I think it's it's part of like the the necessity of the game. Just like it, it has to be a grid in order to use polyominoes on the board, so that kind of necessitates it to look the way that it does. But um, I like that word, yeah. polyomino. What did you say? <laughs> polyomino. Poly polyominoes. Okay, Geronimo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good word. <laughs> yeah, I like this pick. It's a it's a pretty solid game. Um, I had the pleasure of playing this at Origins one year um, before it came out, and I was really impressed by it. Um, very fun to play as well. And Joe and I were just talking earlier. Uh, the prequel game to this, also by Burnt Island Games, just released on Kickstarter. Or the Kickstarter just finished, I should say. So, okay, um, that's uh, going to be quite a different game. It's more of a territory control game than this one is, but I still look forward to trying that one out. Did you back it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. This one made my yes. tip six, and you don't think I'm going to back the next one on the line? I, I mean, I just, I just had to ask just for the audience, dude. I you did say prequel. Uh, prequel? That's the right word? Yeah. Okay. Prequel. So, I mean, when you're playing this game, you don't really feel the story very much, to be honest. But um, the the theme behind it is supposed to be that you take on the role of one of the leader clan leaders of trolls. And you digging out tunnels to retake the mountain from the gnome empire. So the prequel is you, again, take on the role of one of those clan leaders, but you're defending the mountain from the gnomes. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Uh, if you've ever heard of Spirit Island, I've been told that it's a little bit like that in that you know that the mountain is doomed because that's what the next game like that's what it in the hall of the mountain kings about but um it's you're just trying to be the the last man standing sort of thing mm -hmm. that's cool 
it looks like how long would you say a play time is for this for like for you, Dave? I mean, if you're sitting down with. I don't think it's that long. Not too bad. Uh, hour and a half to two hours. Oh, that's okay. not too bad. Not, not too, too bad, bad, he says. Not, not too bad, bad, he says. All right. Uh, two hours would be like the longest, I would say. It's it's kind of limited because you're you're building up a pyramid in mm-hmm. order to collect your resources. So once that pyramid's done, the game's about over. to be over. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, you can't really do much in the game without building your pyramid up. So it's it's got to progress that way. Fair enough. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, Joe, you want to give us your number five? Yeah. My number five, I think, is uh, Century Spice Road. Mm. And, um, you know, again, along the theme of being able to play games with my wife, it's uh, I would say it's... I mean, its similarity is possibly closest to something like Splendor. It's a little engine builder game. Um, you know, you secure resources, grab cards to build out your ability to get more resources and to continue that engine. And um, I don't know. There's just something something different about it. I, I, I mean, I, first off, it, it can play, I think, an extra player uh, above Splendor, which makes it really nice to add another player to have a five-player game instead of a four-player game mm-hmm. and uh and as a rule i just i really like the designer we met the designer in person he's a really nice guy he's a really nice guy and and actually every game that he's come out with uh my wife and i have both enjoyed reef the other century spice roads um uh he's coming out with another one and uh, i the the name bit uh, is 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 lost to me at the moment, but um, every game that we've played that he's designed, we've had a lot of fun playing, and uh, and this is no exception. Uh, again, it's it's accessible, you know, entry level. Um, older kids, my ten year old plays it with us, and uh, she has a lot of fun as well. Um, math involved, and uh, and uh, highly recommend it. Yeah, I like this game a lot. It's uh, part of a larger line of games that I honestly think they're all really fun to play, but this was the first one in that, and um, there's enough strategy in it that it's something you can kind of sink your teeth into, but it's also not, like, super hard to understand the rules to, so it's good for that. Yeah, Yeah, I mean... I know these are. This is a popular line of games, and I've yet to play any of them yet. But I really want to, <laughs> for sure. You know, Joe. I'm th- I was just thinking. You know, we need to get Joe back for another podcast. You know, top six games he can't play with his wife. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want the real list. I want to see the real list. What the good? I have a feeling that my my selections outside of my wife's enjoyment are very similar to David's and, and a lot heavier. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. That's good. If I had to make a list of games I could play with my wife, I wouldn't be on this episode. So. I <laughs> <laughs> no games. I wouldn't be. Does Go Fish count? No. Okay, no. I take it. Take it. <laughs> it's okay. She'll play Call of Duty with me. That's all I need. <laughs> All right, uh, it- Alex, you want to give us your number five? 
yeah, I think uh, I don't know if it'll end up being a, uh, a divisive game or not on this list, but uh, one of the ones I think probably the game I've played the most out of all of them on my list is uh, is also one of my favorites, but it's actually Secret Hitler. And obviously it's in the same vein as like Wolf and all of that. Right? I don't know what the genre is other than just games that cause you to lie to one another. <laughs> like, that's basically what it is. And you have, what is it? Liber- is it the liberals? I was just looking. It's the liberals and, and, and the fascists. And you basically take one of two roles in the game. And then the role of the liberals is trying to weed out who are the fascists. And there's tip- depending on how many people you play with, but I think pretty much every number uh, of, of players, there's fewer fascists than there are liberals, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're constantly finger pointing and trying to figure out who's fascist and who's not. And of course, one of the fascists is Hitler. So the goal of the game, if you're a liberal, is to kill Hitler uh, and otherwise end you know fascism and out this. And if you're if you're the fascist, the goal is to make sure Hitler stays secret all the way through the end of the game, so you can dominate the game board. And, uh, and win the game that way. And there's uh, basically only one way you can win. I think um, if you're liberals, you basically have to out Hitler and kill him. And if you're <laughs> fascist, you can win by just getting, I think you only have to complete, I believe you only have to get um, halfway through your game board and then have Hitler uh, actually nominated as chancellor, which is tough to do because you have to situate it and lie to people to get them to think that person isn't Hitler and that they're very liberal. But uh, the way you play the game is that you're always a liberal. And then <laughs> it's, no matter what, so at the beginning of each round when I play with family. We always say, all right, raise your hand if you're liberal. And everybody raises their hands. It doesn't matter <laughs> who you are. And that's kind of the, the joke. But uh, but it's a game, honestly. It's, it's You can play it over and over and over and still find something kind of redeeming in it every single time. And uh, it is super fun to kill Hitler. It's a lot of fun. So it's really fun to deliver that blow and uh, yeah. finish him off, especially if, especially if you think you've guessed it right. And you on the game board, you get the ability to take the shot at someone and you shoot it. It turns out to be Hitler. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's pretty yeah. gratifying. So, yeah, so definitely, definitely one for, you know, I don't know, Hitler killing aficionados and also people who like to lie. So there you go. This um, I never looked at it from that perspective. Like a lot of people are like Hitler and that puts them off. Yeah. Yeah, you are killing Hitler. The, the point of the game is to kill Hitler and yeah. fascists. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of one of the the I guess we you know Sean was saying a renaissance like this this rebirth of games that I think again was played at Dave's parents' house um, for the first time. Resistance sounds similar yeah. to that. Um, is that a role game it too? Is. Yeah, so I got I got to look it up. It's been on my short list though. I've I've almost picked it up a couple times, but uh, you know. You got to have a group to yeah, play. Yeah, like Alex so. said, this is kind of in the vein of a uh, secret or not uh, one night ultimate werewolf okay. resistance. Yeah, um, yeah, those those kind of world games. Those, a boom. Yeah, um, those big teams. Those are. Really I mean, what's what's great about games like Wolf, especially too? Wolf is even more simple than this, but with Wolf, you could actually play that by just like shredding a piece of paper and writing down the the characters on yeah. that and just playing mm-hmm. around a campfire you know what i mean like mm-hmm. these are games you yeah. don't even necessarily need a board and a table no for. You, yeah. you could yeah. you could potentially but this is just something you could just make on your own for free right and just look up the rules of how to play it online if you wanted to i hope i hope the people who make them aren't listening but they're not they're not you can you can also be creative and play your own games but yeah it's uh but but i, I really love yeah. those kind of games and 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 there really is a lot of strategy in them and, and a lot of replayability. So, yeah. <laughs> have you ever, I mean, I didn't really end up playing it that much, but it's funny. Like, um, church members will have talked about, I don't know, like, growing up, 
you know, like church activities. Well, apparently one of the games everybody would play, people would play, was called Mafia, yeah, which is that idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That Italian side of my family, they play it every Christmas. I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little, little close to home. A like, little close to home. I don't. They don't play with a box. They play it on paper. I, I, I've never known. Maybe there is a real game. I never heard of cards. I've just. It's always been like just people talking. It is. Yeah, my students play it when we have time. I mean, you could play it with a group of like ten or so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it is, but there's a another social deduction game where you like pick your role. So there's, like, a box full of, like, random items, and you pass it around the table, and each person takes, like, a chip or a diamond or something out of the box. And, like, if you pick the diamond, you're the thief, but you don't want to let the next people know you're the thief. But, like, everybody after you knows that one of the people before them was the thief. So, it... I can't remember what it was called. Something, I thought that was Mafia. Hong Kong. No, I think that's a it's like a detective mm-hmm. game. You're thinking murder in Hong Kong. That's, that's what I'm different. thinking. Oh no. Okay. All right. Yeah, that, that sounds cool thinking. too. If you if you think of it, I'll write it down. That sounds cool too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that whole that whole genre of games, I mean there's so many. They're so fun. I mean, when we, I remember first getting into the hobby. That was like the, the resistance. You know, is one we played, and it was just let's play it and play it and play. It. Yeah. I could have played it nonstop. That single <laughs> game over and over again. Love lying. Love trying to figure out who's lying to me. But you know, <laughs> there's it's a big genre because each time you know someone just tweaks a little thing, adds one new mechanic to it. You know, uh, you know, shooting, killing Hitler, or you know, having to you know different ways of picking the roles. You know. It's just so vast, you know, and each one just seems different enough, and they're just always so fun. Great genre. The other thing that's cool about these type of games is the large number of players that can play them. Mm-hmm. Helps so much. Um, this Secret Hitler specifically is one that pops out almost every day of games that we have, um, usually towards the end of the night, but um, still very popular. Game. Yeah, it's a great icebreaker game. Anytime you have a big group of people that can play the same thing together, you just have loads of fun. Yeah. So, you know. Nice. Um, have we heard from Sean? I don't think so. For okay. five? For five, no. Yes, yeah, so he is last for five, yep. Okay. So, uh, my number five, uh, which is, I think, pretty popular, uh, is Exploding Kittens. Um, w- w- my family, it's funny because grew up playing like the classic board games, you know, Monopoly, Risk, Sorry, you know, the usual suspects effectively. I remember enjoying Risk, but the annoying thing about Risk is the only thing that works is numbers. So I would, the only real strategy was to build up massive armies and then <laughs> try and steamroll. Anyways, so I haven't really played board games with them a whole lot, but we did well, in recent years. But we did bring Exploding Kittens recently and really enjoyed it with, with family. And it's not complicated at all. In, in some ways, it's a little bit Uno-esque, and, you know, with like the note cards and skips and shuffles and things like that. But the whole objective here is that you don't want to get the bomb, okay? Mm-hmm. And there's only a few bombs in the deck. And if you get the bomb, well, you can defuse or you can attack other players 
you can preview the deck, seeing if what you're going to pull next. Um, you know, you can nope, and you can nope nopes, and <laughs> um, so you, it's a little bit like Uno, so you can like keep reversing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so not not too complicated. Supports a uh, how many players does it support? I don't remember off the top of my head. I think two to I six. Tell you. Simple. Yeah. So it's it is two to five. Two to five. Okay. Um, some fun expansions as well. Imploding kittens. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then there's like the NSFW versions, which is kind of funny to see their absurd artwork slash. I don't know. But they always descriptions have, and stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. strange descriptions of different weird cats and <laughs> things like that. The, the artwork's kind of funny and silly. So, um, yeah, just not too complicated, but you know, easy to pick up and pretty fun. Good choice. You know, I haven't played this game a lot, but I think the first time I played it, we were over at Joe's house, and I think we maybe had had a couple of beers or something and like we played the game but i think we had more fun laughing at the artwork on the card (laughs) than actually playing the game (laughs) i could see that Uh, it's just absurd like you said you know like a you know uno style you know which as a kid you know i would love to play uno you know Mm-hmm. My kids now, they love playing Uno. We have a Uno. So, but, you know, taking that instead of just, you know, colors and numbers, you know, like adding a little bit of artwork, adding a little bit of humor to it, you know, it just makes it more enjoyable yeah. you know, at this stage. It's adult humor. You know, Uno. so, but, you know, yeah. it's something, you know, you love as a kid. So it's like, you know it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's familiar. It's just fun to go back to. It's familiar. Mm-hmm. It feels good. And it's just fun on top of it. So, yeah. A, yeah. Those are super cool. Obviously, super popular. And all their unstable unicorns, all their like knockoff games, bears in the cave or whatever. Bears that's a, that's in a, cave. I think is that the name of it? I, it's bears and something or something bears. I thought it was bears. I, is that the? Did you have uh, throw throw burrito? I have throw throw burrito. Fucking, I love throw throw. <laughs> bears versus babies. Bears versus babies. <laughs> bears in the cave is a podcast. Okay. Is that the one, Todd? Is that the box that's furry? Yes. Yes, it's like a little furry box. I've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't seen? No, I haven't. It's a fuzzy box. box. You can't miss it, Joe. But there's there's babies. I mean, at at board game conventions, this booth always gets the most, like, crazy line because (laughs) they always do this elaborate booth where it's like, a vending machine and you gotta like they got a giant cat and you gotta like pull its paw and then it'll insult you and then ask you what you want to buy <laughs> and then they'll throw it at you out of the cat's mouth why so, <laughs> it's it great. sounds ridiculous but I'm not making this up <laughs> it's great marketing because I mean what you, you have to buy something at that point right what are you gonna say no thank you no oh, thanks it's got a black eye <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Uh, You want to keep going with your number four, Sean? All right. Uh, Let's see. So my number four is actually higher. Oh, join the club. (laughs) My only join the club. (laughs) I'll go ahead and say, yeah, my number four, just like my number five, is higher on somebody else's list. Wow. 
Wow. Wow. Wow. Wow. Have you talked about a single game, Travis? Uh, yeah, the first one, six. The first okay. one. Yeah. Um, Alex. Hasn't. How about you? Haven't talked talked to no, I haven't talked yet. I don't need to talk. <laughs> Alex can go. I'll go next. Um, okay, well, I guess I, I have a number four that uh, that we can speak to. Uh, Here to Slay. It's a it's a more recent one. I think it just okay. came out in the last couple of years. It is another uh, fantasy role player light. So not not terribly dissimilar from I, I look at it almost like a like a munchkin meets like boss monster because you do have like a main card that you choose and, and that special uh, character card has a special ability that you can leverage throughout the game. And then the goal is for you to uh, attract uh, characters to your party and you build a party up and then you attack monsters uh, that are on the table. Uh, the catch comes from other players who also have their own special character and parties and abilities who can stop you uh, from potentially killing that monster and winning the game or gaining points. Or, or otherwise, you know, help or harm you. So it's just in, in some ways it's similar to Munchkin, in other ways it's similar to Boss Monster, which is higher up on my list. But yeah, it's just a, it's just a cute little game. Uh, another another light fantasy role player, and, and I'd recommend it to people who are looking to get into the genre. And and that's a fast one. You can realistically get through a game with three to four players on that in like forty five minutes. So huh. it's it's definitely one you can get through pretty rapidly as well. So, yeah, love the little, artwork. Just, yeah, the slim. characters. Oh, are the cool. artwork is sick. Yeah, yeah, love cool artwork. And the cards give me Pokemon vibe. What's that? The cards give me some Pokemon like type vibes with the diff- you know the characters oh, on each totally. card, and you got their yeah, abilities. Yeah. And I bought it based on the cover alone. Like, yeah. I, yeah, it was like an impulse buy. So, <laughs> no, this is definitely a game I've like I've I've seen you know, and I'm like I'm like right there you know, maybe a year or two when the kids are just maybe a little more if I can get them into that you know yeah <laughs> they're into Pokemon yeah, right yeah. now if I can just it's kind of like Pokemon because oh yeah, I could totally see like eight nine ten year olds getting into yes, this like it's, it's easy for. enough for them to do yeah 100 yeah, that's definitely what I'm waiting for because yeah this is a game I uh, I think I because I think it was a Kickstarter game because I think yeah, I, it was I think it's the same company as exploding kittens it the art the art is it's so similar not. it wouldn't surprise it's you. not it, it's it's unstable no. unicorns um that company. one so that's yeah. the bears and babies so that's the bears and babies company which is also exploding kittens good gosh it? this company is killing it <laughs> they do uh, it is exploding kittens inc okay <laughs> oh of course bgg said exploding kittens add magic maybe at first but huh I thought it looked similar too. I don't know. Yeah, the sure. artwork does. It's, it's, it's funny because I was looking at, I was looking up here to slay, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's an unstable unicorn I just saw. Yeah. yeah. And sure enough. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's that's a, that's definitely a game I got my eye on. I think I may have to. Enjoy roll. <laughs> you know what? I can Actually, buy it. It's it's can I haven't heard of that game, but that sounds a mix between Boss Monster and what you were talking about. Like, what did you say, Boss Monster and Munchkin? Kind of in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because totally. I like Boss Monster, not 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 as much Munchkin unless we're drinking. But I could definitely <laughs> see somewhere in between that I might dig on. So I'll try it out. Yeah, nice. I think that's a game that's like easy. Like you said, you get like your main character. That's easy for like expansions, get adding more to it. Easy, just a couple more characters, a couple more cards. You know, I like games like that. And there's only six maximum characters that you can choose in game, so you're always choosing one of six. So I, I think it's a, it's an easy game to master as well. So because there's not too many playthroughs before you've used kind of all of them, and then and then branching out from there is easy. Cool. That's cool. So do you want to tell us about your number four now, Todd? Sure. 
sure will. <laughs> would love to. You know, would love to. Okay, so this is a game. I uh, love this game. Uh, good old Ole Steinus. Um, Champions of Midgard. Okay, awesome oh, theme. You know, the Vikings fighting it out. This is, you know, a worker placement game. You know, you go over here, get some resources. Go over here to get more warriors. You know, go over here, fight some monsters. Go over here to go on a freaking journey across the sea. Hopefully you'll live. Um, just a great, great game. Hits all, hits all the things for me. Um, the, the, the first time I played it, and I think only once or twice we've played this game, I was with Dave, and he's got, he's got all the bells and whistles for this game. The expansions, the, the the giant game board, uh, you know, so it was just more space and all we played with everything. And, you know, I would think for me, that's the only way I would want to play is with everything because it's it doesn't necessarily change the game uh, much. It just kind of adds uh, more to what you're already kind of doing, which is always cool and just gives you kind of like more options uh, for spaces to go, which is always, always nice. Um so yeah, this is a great game. You know, uh, I had purchased a game, and I had purchased. There's another game I was super excited about called Title Blades, uh, that I, you know, I wanted because it reminded me of Champions of Midgard. Uh, and so far, it's it's different. I'd say they're different enough uh, games to where I wouldn't mind having both. But Champions, I think, is just is, is still better. So that's, I mean. This is this is gonna be hard to come off this list, you know. If I ever get to play it more, this could easily be a number one, number two for me. So, yeah, this Do is. You want to trade? Because I think Title Blades is better. You think Title Blades is better than Champions? I do. You liked it that much? Wow. I I trade a heart. I trade a I give you the book. I'll, I'll even give you the art book. Nice. Paid for that. <laughs> 15 bucks for this art book oh wow this art book just giant pictures of the pictures on the cards good 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 it gets you every time with the art book that's my number four finally i talked about it this is a really solid pick this is i love this game it's it's uh it's a great uh worker placement game Number My only problem with it is play with I suck at it, and I'm not used to losing. Good reasons. Dear, we're playing champions tonight. Click, click. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. All right, uh, Joe, you want to give us your number four? Yeah, I, uh, I think I have for my number four was Lords of Vegas. Um, this is definitely a game my wife does not like to play. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. This is go. this is a good game. I, I like it for a number of reasons. It's 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 accessible. Um, it's fun. You're playing a casino owner. You're trying to you know yeah yeah put your little token on uh, parking lots. You build up casinos, and then um, the first time I ever played this game, it was it was sort of like a a nice experience and then i took this uh took this game to play with some of my buddies uh some of my old school buddies and um i realized that this is really a stick it to your neighbor game (laughs) in a big way so uh it it just grew even more on me um you're building casinos you can kind of sneak into somebody's casino space it's a little territory control a little randomness some gambling going on um 
really love it. And the and the stick it to your neighbor part is you can basically steal your neighbor's casino from them. Um, it's it's pretty interesting. I also like the scoring mechanic. You know, you have to score so many. Like you have to have uh, you have to have progressed so far in your casinos to be able to to score. So there are these stop gaps that allow other people to catch up to you. So nobody can really run away with the game. I, I really appreciate that part of the game as well. And, um, and, uh, and it's got its own timing mechanic built into the game where, you know, once the cards are gone, the, you know, the game. ends. so it's, it's overall highly, highly recommend it. Um, if you don't like stick it to your neighbor games, uh, just make sure you play with nice people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, where are you going to find those? <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, definitely love the game and um, highly recommend it. Uh, I feel like I may be the only other person who's actually played this game. I'm so. trying to think. I think I've played it. Did, did, did Joe, did you bring it to Dave's bachelor party? I, uh, I can't remember because I'm pretty I might, sure I've I might it. have, but I don't remember if I. Do you have this it. game? Do you have this game, Dave? No, I don't. You don't? Probably haven't played it. It, it is a fun game, though, and like Joe was saying, the scoring mechanics are unique from what most other games have, and it it actually has like pretty simplistic but realistic betting mechanics in it. That are a lot of fun to like sort of get you into the theme of this game. So um, I think they do a really good job of integrating like the luck of dice and cards into a strategy board game. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy this game as well. And with that, I'll talk about my number four. Do it. Uh, my number four is one that I think a good majority of us have played, actually. Um, and this one, I so we have done this list, the three of us, in the past. Um, but it's been a couple of years, or at least a year. Oh, uh, over two years, I think. I think this one may have been my number one last time. Mm. Um, Pandemic Legacy. <clears throat> I really... So I, I haven't made it a a uh, secret on this podcast that I'm not a big fan of co-op games. Pandemic, often I feel you get an alpha gamer who really just takes control and kind of dictates all the moves on the board. But the cool thing about Pandemic Legacy is it takes that cooperative game and it stretches it out over a 12-episode saga Mm -hmm. so you're playing with the same two to four people for 12 to 24 games and by the end of that saga there's no way that the four of you can't all be on the same page as far as experience playing cooperative games like that so uh it it kind of takes that and puts it on its head but it also um, introduces new game mechanics with each game you play. Um, subtle rule changes, but that was part part of the fun of the game for me. Um, you know, opening up new envelopes and 
seeing what's going to happen next and seeing how that story progressed actually felt like I was like in a television show. And I don't know. I just really enjoyed that. So. And big legacy. <clears throat> yeah. I mean this, I think this game was also um, on my list the last time. And it's just been since before that, since I've had a chance to play it, I still haven't finished it. I think we're still halfway through. Mm-hmm. I don't even work with the people I play with it anymore. So <laughs> it's like, no, I thought we'd get to it faster. No, but there's still a chance. But yeah, great game. And like I, you know, like you said, each each episode or each month, you know, they break it down. You know, twelve months of the year adds a little bit, but each time it definitely breaks away from like pandemic. You know, it changed. It's so different than just the regular game. Um, so that makes it all the better, you know. I remember where we left off. Things were getting pretty crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> want to get back to it? It occurred to me that we've been doing like a we've been doing like a like a LARP of uh, this game over the last year. Is that right? Is that is that accurate? Would you say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something well, along those lines. Something. Uh, I, 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 mean, I think uh, I played. I'm pretty sure I played though? this before. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. This last one has. I, I, I will say this: that uh, we, you know, we recently got back together with our leadership team to uh, to start up our our uh, events again for the board games, and every single person said they played probably Pandemic the most over the last year. <laughs> Interesting. I thought it was kind of like a brutal torture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too close to home. Wow. Wow. Well, the nice I mean, thing I was just kicking play. I didn't know people were into it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and it's like Todd said, I've started it as well. I'm probably four months in. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's cool. That yeah, reminds you me because finished season yeah. one, Todd. Me? No, no, I never got a chance to. I'm like in June or July, so I mean, oh. we're halfway there. Hopefully, I mean, it would take. I have to really. Hopefully, I can remember everything that's going on, and we don't miss or mess up. But I should be hanging out with those guys here in about a week, so maybe maybe bring it to the table. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get to like August. Yeah. <laughs> Number couple two or three years, and we'll you know finished September. We'll I get mean, there. When I played this, we binge played it. I know. Like it was we we had three gaming sessions, and that's all it took. Yeah, no, I mean it probably. I'm two. I'm I've gotten two. A third. If we had a quick third gaming session, we probably would have finished it. You know, but it was just it, it couldn't happen. You know, because the first time we only played like one month, maybe like two three games. You know, and then the second time we just—that's all we played for hours. It's that good. And you know that joke you made. You know, everyone played that during the pandemic. It was funny. Uh, you know, I play a game called Apex Legends. You know, a little battle royale, and like the top, the top character, you know, has a skin called it's a like Quarantine Seventy Seven. That's what everyone picked the whole time. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like, we get it. <laughs> we get it. Quarantine. Thank you. They all look the same. It's wild. It was nuts. Yeah, it was like, that was the, that was the meme. <laughs> Apex is a lot of fun. A little, a little bit too fast for me. It's fast. It's fast. It is fast. It's all right. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> 
yeah, let me pick some. All right. Has everybody talked about their fours now? Yeah. yeah yours was higher. Mine was higher. Everyone says a yes. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think everybody did fours. All right. Uh, Alex, Halfway there, guys. Start us off with number three. I, I, when, uh, when your wife wrote back, she didn't say that this was higher, but I suspected it might be. Like, I, I don't know, but I, I picked uh, Catan for my number three. That's not higher for anybody else? No. No, okay. It's definitely, <laughs> definitely a game that's been played out uh, over over the last uh, decade plus, right? So it's been around for a while. But I think I think Catan is freaking brilliant. It's a city builder, and uh, it's it's almost like uh, like a board game version of like uh, like Sid Meier Civilization or something like that. Because there's multiple ways you can kind of build up, and then and then different strategies you can use to kind of win the game. Yeah. Ultimately, you're trying to get victory points, but there's several ways you can get the victory points. You can get it through construction. You can collect. You can do it by you know, getting cards, you can do it by taking the top spot in, in a couple different events. I think like longest road in most cities or I don't know, something to that effect. Um, but it's a game that, again, I've played so many times over the last decade and it's one that family members are into as well and extended family members. So it's mm-hmm. one that pretty much always gets broken out during uh, holiday gatherings and things like that. We haven't seen people in a while. And it's kind of a nice little, you know, game night icebreaker to kind of get people back into it. But uh, you can get through a whole game of that with four people. Uh, with with the original game, at least only uh, you could probably get through that in like forty five minutes to an hour, and uh, it's a game where you do typically run into the one player who's very very good at it. So it's it can be tough to win, I would say, against experienced players. But uh, but it's just it's it's a fun game to learn too, and to kind of go through the process of of losing, just to kind of see what you gain from from each loss because you get better and better uh, each time you play. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think Catan uh, is kind of the quintessential. Uh, you know, board game for the last decade, and, and then I think I, I, most people listening to this, I'm sure, have played it. But it's uh, mm-hmm. it's just it's a really easy one to get into. It's really easy to understand. And uh, and the only expansion I played was the uh, which is the, the the nautical one, the uh, the, the ship. Sea yeah, Fairs? so it, yeah, the seafarers. That's the only one I've ever played, and I thought that was quite good as well. But I know there's others too. I just I haven't gotten into them yet. But uh, yeah, really really brilliant game. If 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 you're looking for something that again, pretty much anybody can get into in the sort of city builder you know, victory point sort of genre than whatever that would be called, then Catan's a good place to start. So it's a good game. So Catan is part of what got me into like the, the yes. wider board gaming hobby. Me too. Um, me too. <clears throat> Five years I ago, will so say that top six, the reason I don't play it more often though, is because there's a negotiation aspect to it. And my wife is secretly manipulative, and no one <laughs> seems to understand that. So she always wins this game. And no one seems to understand that either. So this is one of those games that goes on the list of games I can't play with my wife. So she's like, I'll give you she's like, I'll give you two wood for your sixteen sheep, and you're like, Okay, here you go. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then the game's over. Yeah, and you're like, what happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, my I, I I don't play it a ton. I'm not. I mean, it was it, it was a great kind of a kind of like Alex said. It's easy to pick up. It was kind of a gateway game into resource collection management, but it mm-hmm. offers that bantering, you know, back and forth element, which is unique too. Again, my wife, if I told her she loves it, if I were to say to her, "Let's play it," she'd probably ask me if Catan I was feeling night. okay. Catan night. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's all right. It's 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 a good game. So for your wedding, 
I considered making a giant Catan board out of foam and giving <laughs> it to you, but then I thought you would just take that as like an insult. <laughs> she would frame it, hang it on the wall. Yeah. No. Don't let her see that. Uh, it's burning over there. So, funny story about Catan. So this is another one, at least in my, uh, the you know. Northern Virginia Korean church circles very very popular and for a long time we hadn't had an opportunity to, to play it but um, we did end up eventually playing it a couple times and it's weird because I'm normally a big strategy game person I, you know I'm not particularly good at I just don't have the finger dexterity to really be good at Starcraft really um, but I love strategy games, and for whatever reason, I I I could not get into Catan. I don't know what it is. It's super <laughs> weird. Most everybody around me at you know church is, loves it. I mean, I'm sure nostalgia is a part of it, but for whatever reason, I couldn't get into it. Now, I have I'm not sure I really played it with the right crowd, maybe, but yeah. um, no, I have personally not had and not enjoyed Catan. So. It's weird. I know. It seems very counterintuitive, but hmm. that's been my experience. They always gave you the robber, didn't they? I know they do. It's a brutal man. It's brutal losing your resources. It sucks. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> I'm the guy who always gets the robber. So I get it. It's okay, Sean. I have similar feelings about Azul, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. Catan. All right. Uh, Todd, you want to jump in with your number three? Oh, man, I do, actually. Um, I have to say one thing. My number three is higher on someone else's list. So. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so, wow. Good, yeah, We're a good running one. out of numbers That's here, a good guys. one. Yeah. That's been, that's been on the list a lot today. Everyone likes that game, higher on someone else's. I mean. <laughs> it's a popular I mean, game. At least we know Todd will get to talk about his number one. Uh, I, I, sure hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, you sure will. I'm about to be able to talk about all mine here soon. I feel like. <laughs> so, let's just you know talk about a ton here in a minute. Uh, uh, Should I leave me? You talked about you. No, I haven't. So my number three is uh, is is an actual favorite of mine. Yes, my wife does love it, but it's it's it is actually probably one of the funnest games that I've ever played. It's called Skull. And it is one of the simplest games I've ever played, but it is one of the most hilarious games I've ever played. It's just a, a simple tile. It plays up to six people. Uh, the game looks like little coasters. I, I, think, I think it might be based on uh, coasters or a Mexican drinking game. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure, but very beautiful artwork that's on it. Um, and you just have three tiles or four tiles, and it's a it's a simple bluffing game, a bluffing bidding game, um, uh, similar mechanics to something like poker, and uh, it just eliminates all the card variables. And you can play through a round of this game uh, super quick, like within five to ten minutes. Sometimes it might take a little longer, a little shorter, um, but it's great uh, to have a party of six, throw back a couple of beers, and just bluff your way to some hilarity um everybody's laughing at the table every single time i've played it and uh just a tremendous amount of fun um and you can it's it's a social game you can talk like it's so simple you can have 
conversations while you're playing it, jab each other, you know, just rib each other. It's probably better if you do. Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely uh, calls for some drinking. I mean, it's still fun without the drinking, but it just makes it all that much better. <laughs> so Diaz de la Muerta's theme. So this is, is this it right here? Can you see that? That's yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, that's it. Is that interesting? I can't see that. I, I've, I've never seen anything. It. It's wild. Huh. Yeah, it is. It, it was established in like a Mexican bar. Some guys just like drew a flower on the side of one of their coasters and stacked them up. So it's you are going to put your skull somewhere in this stack of uh, tiles. And then you have to flip all of yours first. Hmm. And then you bet on how many you can flip over total. So if you have two in front of you and you say four, you flip over your two and then two of somebody else's. But I suspect this is this is probably the, Yeah, this is probably the way cartels settle scores. Uh, <laughs> I, I expect. It's, that looks cool. I mean, that looks really different. It's pretty fun, and it's so simple to play. Like, you know, everybody puts their skull, and you have four tiles. You, you put your skull top to bottom, and if somebody, when they're uh, trying to pick up flowers, picks up a skull, they automatically lose, right? right. And basically, if somebody wins twice, the game's over. So, um, But you'll get bids. You know, the people who win the chance to uh, uncover all the flowers, they're the highest bidder. So... They always have the worst, in my opinion, the worst chance of winning <laughs> because you're the greatest numbers to get it. But uh, yeah, it works out to be a lot of fun. Cool. I actually enjoy taking the strategy of like just burying my skull and then bidding early, so people think that I don't have a skull, and then they just flip over mine and it's, then they're out. But <laughs> and then they're out. Yeah, that's That's cool. But occasionally you do get called on your bluff, and then you you're like, oh yeah, I can flip over six. <laughs> or two's gonna be a skull. So, do you yeah, own this, is, this one? This is one of those things you can play with your uh, your parents or your grandparents. Even I mean, it's so simple to play, and and everybody has a great time. Yeah, it looks cool. I like the simplicity of it. Gotta bring that one up, Dave. Bring it up, Dave. Okay. <laughs> Easy enough. Uh, you All right, should I go number three? Do it. Sure. All right, so this is <clears throat> certainly, in terms of games that obviously are my top six, this is my heaviest game of them all. Um, I mean, the box probably weighs. Pounds, no, I'm I mean. kidding. Um, it's probably the most strategic game I have. And I, what I love about this is played it at my first Origins, um, and I actually met great Designer. I mean, he's a great guy. His name's Connor McGoey. Um, he's had a few games since this, but I think this was the one that really got him into kind of the mainstream board gaming now. Um, but this game is called uh, Summit the Board Game. And I do own this. I like immediately ordered it as soon as I played it um, at Origins. And basically, you can play it competitively, cooperatively, or even by yourself. And the goal depending on i mean regardless of which way you're playing it is to make it to the summit and then back down if you're playing cooperatively you help each other out you've got sherpas that as you know in real life are supposed to be kind of masters of the you know the climb they can help you out a certain amount of times to to get through different weather conditions the time of day the temperature 
whether you're climbing up an icy part of the mountain versus something that's a little bit you know, windy or whatever it might be. But the board, you flip over these triangle tiles and, and kind of create it as you climb. So no two playthroughs are ever going to be the same. And the path that you take is going to be obstructed by certain things. Um, there's some resource management. You collect new tools and kind of like power-ups, basically, that you can use along the way. Um, but I don't know. I, I just love the theme. I've always been a fan of like adventure-type novels, too. Like those are the ones I like to read. So... Um, when I saw this and I played it and, you know, I had Connor there with me explaining everything and making sure that we didn't miss anything. I think it was like two in the morning. I don't know. It was super late when we finally got to it. But, um, even then it was something that stuck with me and, you know, it's part of my collection now. So I really, really enjoyed that game. Yeah. I'll just quickly second what Travis said on Connor. He was like the friendliest guy you'll ever meet. Second time I met him, he just, like, came up and gave me a big hug. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the game is solid, too. Uh, we, Connor actually, like, was not supposed to be running games that late, but Travis came up and he was like, oh, I really wanted to try this. Bump mm-hmm. the closing. He's like, sit down. Let's play. So, um, it, it was good that we got a chance because this is a solid game. Mm-hmm. I just wish Travis would read the rules so we could play it again. It's a hefty uh, rule book. It's a hefty <laughs> rule book. <laughs> I, you know, I, I remember playing this with you guys too, and I remember this is not, it's definitely not an easy game. No. Like, you know, it's, it's I mean, it's not easy to climb, you know, summon a mountain, you know, <laughs> so it, it's a, you know, I think the, he made the success rate, you know, under 50%, you know. So, I mean, it's tough. You really got to plan. You got to get lucky with some of the cards. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I mean. So it's very realistic in that sense. It is very realistic, yeah. It is a very realistic game. And, you know, going up there and it's still fun. Uh, it's tough. And you got to, like I said, you got to plan, you know, all the things you have to do in real life, you know. I mean, yeah. And you're managing health and oxygen. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all... It's very realistic, but it's not done in such a difficult way that you can't do it. It's just, it's a challenge. Yeah. It is. I mean, there's going to be times you have to, you're going to have to sacrifice something. Even know, a person. You might have to sacrifice a person, a person. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, as long as, I think it's co-op, as long as one person makes it back, yeah. the team wins. That's you know? it, exactly. So, I mean, hey. I that's what it is. So, yeah, that's it. Summit the board good. game. That's a good game. And Connor did... Like you mentioned, how uh, realistic it is. Connor put a lot of research into this, um, mm-hmm. into like not just like what the experience of climbing a mountain's like, but also uh, like what the natives who are the traditional Sherpas on um, mountains. I think he based it on K2. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that part, but um, like the, 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 the cultural stuff is something that he paid a lot of attention to and um, tried to put as much detail into the mechanics yeah. as he could. So, Does anybody ever have to take the hit and, like, you know, become the first cannibal and, like, feed off, like, the frozen bodies <laughs> of the fallen comrades? I, yeah. I would take the hit. I'd take so, the hit, man. So it's – there is a little bit like that. So you skip over other people when you're climbing. Yeah. So – on the way back down, it's a valid strategy to let some of the people die so that you can just jump over them to mm-hmm. get back quicker. 
because only one of you has to make it. Only one yeah. of you's got to make it. I mean, it's like here, you know. Let me put your. I'm gonna give you a boost, and then you know that's it. You're done. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That sounds cool. That sounds like a cool game. It is. I'll read the directions. I can't guarantee I'll understand them, Dave, but I'll read them. <laughs> we had Connor on the show a while back, and I yeah. think we played it before. We did. We did. We actually yeah. talked with him. Um, I think that was the last time I played this. It's been a while. It's been a bit. Did we miss anybody's three? And it is a heavy game. No, it, I when you we made the joke. Am, it is a heavy game too. It is. <laughs> There's it a is. lot of pieces. There are. And that little game. I'm yeah. surprised. I'm surprised. Not just mentally, but physically. But heavy. physically heavy. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. It is physically heavy. It's a mountain in there. I mean, there's actual snow. So, all right. Uh, I'm going to jump in with my number three. Uh, my number three is maybe not physically, but mentally heavy. And one of the games that I've put the most work 3D printing into. I'm talking about Root. Mm-hmm. Um, so the this company published a game called um, what was the Vast, um, which was their first completely asymmetric game. Uh, you can play as a cave or a dragon or an adventurer, and each of those roles plays completely different than the other. Um, I think they found that that was a little bit too chaotic for people who don't have a regular game group and play with different people every time because you can't teach those rules over and over again. So I think Root was kind of the answer to that in that it was still asymmetric um, in that each faction plays a little bit differently, but the general ideas are the same like the movements are still the same and the attack still works generally the same way uh it's just the order in which you do things and the resources that you have to pay in order to get them varies between the factions um the general concept of this is basically a a territory control sort of game uh you want to spread out your empire and take back the forest from the cats or maintain the forest if you are the cats Um, but but one of the things that I really like about this is that asymmetrical nature of it is so expansive that they just keep making more factions for this game Um, I recently backed the third kickstarter which is going to bring it up to I think 12 factions now that are playable within the game you can still only play six at a time but um having more options means more different combinations and each game is going to be different that way also you get different boards with different expansions which are fun to play with too and i enjoy the game so much that i put a lot of time into printing tiny little figurines to replace these cardboard chits that come with the game and painting them and I I, have, I take a lot of pride in what I did there it's really cool I had fun not only playing the game but also making those pieces so yeah the pieces look awesome these the I don't know if these are like the ones you got like those there is that what you're talking about 
I, well, yeah. I didn't see what you put up there. These little these little guys here. Those are the uh, characters, Dave. No, those I think were a Kickstarter bonus. Um, the base. Buy those from the company that made them. I. Oh, gotcha. So the D6 pack has an Instagram. If you follow us on Instagram, I have posted pictures of the um, 3D models that I made for this game. Uh, uh, probably a while back now, but right. Um, but the base, the base components are of the pieces are they're wooden, right? No, they're cardboard. The little, the so little dudes. The meeples are wooden. Yeah, uh, the characters, and I kept those. I didn't replace those, but um, the like the buildings that you're mm-hmm. putting out yeah. on the map yes. are just cardboard chits with a little symbol on them. So I 3D printed like things that stick up out of the board, and it, it cool. increases the table presence. So I haven't played with those a lot, but. I want to. <laughs> COVID happened, so it ruined all my dreams. <laughs> it does. It's all right. But yeah, like you said, you know, all the different, even in the base game, I mean, I think me, Trav, we, we played this the same time, you know, with Dave, and that, that's the only time I got to play it, you know? Yeah. But it's just, you know, when it's like, I don't know what to do, you know? Next time, obviously, you want to play with a different faction, but. You know, still, I'd like to go back to the faction I was and then try to master that. And try to master that because it's like, okay, first little bit, you're kind of figuring it out. Then once you figure it out, it's like, okay, I got it down. I think, you know, from the beginning, I could probably even do better. But like you said, you want to try the other guys, mm-hmm. see how that changes it up, and even the newer ones, you know. So it's just, it's a game that can keep you going back and back, 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 back. You know, you can play it a ton. And each time you're playing the same game, but it feels so different each time. You know, so it just keeps it feeling fresh, and, and like you said, it, it looks. I thought it looked nice already, and now David's making it look awesome. So, <laughs> heck yeah! I don't think I've played with the same faction twice. Oh yeah, you'll get there, Dave. <laughs> A couple more years. Not if they keep releasing new ones. <laughs> yeah, be playing catch up. I, I think this is a special game. It's. it's uh, uh, the, you know, asymmetrical play in games is kind of reserved for computer games because it can be pretty complex pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And to have them implemented on a board game and make it as fun and uh, balanced and enjoyable as it is and yeah, balanced, balanced, yes, and balanced, it's it's definitely a special. It's a it's a special game, and it's top of fun too. <laughs> All right. Has everybody gone over their number threes? Uh, I think I'm last. So go for it, Sean. On the opposite end of the spectrum, the I feel like the modern penultimate party game um, is uh, Cards Against Humanity. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And its and its equivalents uh, or or imitators. I mean, you're you can just print out the cards at home if you feel like it. But, um, you know, crabs adjust humidity or (laughs) whatever. But just, you know, obviously inspired by apples to apples where you have one person who's the judge and they have a card that they they pick. 
and then everybody has their selection of cards. They get to select all right, who, and you have to like kind of take the judges' perspective in mind and say, what kind of things do they pick? Do they pick things that make sense, or do they pick things that are just stupid, hilarious, and don't even necessarily make sense? And you got to you know make sure you um, save your save your good cards for for the right judge sometimes or. Are you going for maximum hilarity, or uh, there's occasionally some auto win cards. <laughs> um, we, we haven't played it recently at all. Of course, you know, COVID gets in the way. And mm-hmm. to some degree, I feel like you can grow out of it a little bit, but still fond memories with, with friends, um, usually drinking. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an easy game to drink, too. Um, just but and just all the fun variations and expansions. They usually you know add an expansion very often. I think um, keeping up with current events and memes and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I, I got like a Mass Effect special edition, which was pretty fun. That's cool. And not a large number of cards in that one. Um, what was the other thing I was thinking of? Oh, the other fun thing about the, the company is they do these hilarious sales or or like Black Friday events where you like you pay them a dollar and they they dig a hole or whatever and <laughs> I'm dead serious. All they did was dig an empty hole one year for Black Friday and um, they, yeah, they they had like a. They did one thing where you, you, they'd give you a different package, like 12 Days of Christmas kind of thing one year, oh, and they'd yeah, give you yeah. random different different things. Sometimes it was cards, sometimes it was just like nonsense. I, want, I think one year they sent people literal poop or something <laughs> <laughs> instead of cards. Wow. I don't know. They're just they're just they're just the company's kind of funny, so I get a kick out of the, out of that as well. So yeah, that's. Um, Rise Against Humanity, or other <laughs> imitators. Yeah, I remember when that first kind of hit the mainstream, it, it, it got played a lot, because it's one of those games you can play with a ton of people. It doesn't matter how many you have. And just the, the absurdity of pulling those new cards that you've never seen before and thinking, wow, I can't believe this is written on here, was the thing that <laughs> was so fun, right? Um, but I agree, Sean, after a while... I mean, yeah, they keep releasing expansions and new stuff, but you kind of are like, okay, you know, wow, okay, I did, I see that coming, you know, where it was before you didn't, <laughs> didn't think that, but yeah, yeah. So this one's a little bit of a nostalgia one, as yeah. opposed to something I look forward to playing in the future, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed like the- playing this one a lot more before I met Joe, actually. Not, not because of Joe, but uh, when we started playing with like groups of people that we didn't really know, yeah. you don't want to bring the bigger blacker box out, <laughs> so that one stayed at home. <laughs> but but it's also, in some ways, a good icebreaker because you really get a good sense of somebody's. That's true. You, you know, learn a lot. What they play. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, double-edged sword, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
And my favorite is watching like YouTube videos, you know, grandparents play cards against me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Okay. Let's see how this goes. I definitely will say shock value on this game is super high. If oh, yeah. Played it before. <laughs> That's one way to put it. All right. Um, I'm going to jump right in with my number two. Okay. Deuces. And what? So deuces. Deuces. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number two. You know, I don't know. The last time we did this list, if my number one was Pandemic Legacy or Scythe. Either way, Scythe is now my number two. Um... I enjoyed this game a lot. If you haven't picked up, I enjoy territory control. This is another one. Um, yeah, because you're really cool good at it. You always control all the territories, and we all lose. <laughs> uh, but the cool thing about Scythe is that there's a lot more to it than simple territory control. There's a lot of resource management involved in this game, and there's, like, random goals that you can do to get stars out on the board too so um you don't have to focus necessarily on the territory control that does get you a lot of points at the end of the game but um there's also a lot of territory on the board that unless you're playing a six player or seven player game um there's there's a lot of territory to go around Mm -hmm. so um Spreading out is fairly, I don't know if I'd say easy, but it, it's realistic. Um, but just the mechanics of it are neat, too, in that there's really only, like, four options you can do. But each faction has, like, slightly different ordering to the uh, actions you're doing. Uh, so you do like a top row action and for one faction that might be associated with the build action but for another faction it might be associated with the train action instead so um, again this is I, I don't know if I'd call this one asymmetrical at least not in the sense of how root is asymmetrical but there is a little bit of that to it so um I enjoy that in games in general. And on top of all that, this game is beautiful. Uh, the game was literally designed around an art concept on the internet, this 1920-plus universe. Um, it's like an alternate World War II timeline sort of thing. Um, but, you know, if you, if you take a game or take an art concept and then piece a game around it, it, it has to be beautiful. But they they made a solid game around it, too. So Yeah, that would make an art, bur- art book worth having. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets, Todd, no regrets. I'd buy, I'd buy that one. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> Looks like the same art style is, um, and I'm trying to think of the name. Maybe you guys could get it. It was on either Amazon Prime or Netflix. It was Tales from... Um, what was it? Tales from the Void or Tales from... Anyway, it uses that exact same 
like uh, almost like old technology art style like that, like almost like steam powered mechs or something. Yeah. So it's, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but they used that that exact art style. And I was like, we did an episode on it, so I was scrolling through to try and find it, but I'll shout it out if I can find it. But yeah, there, there was like that seems to be popular nowadays. So mm-hmm. yeah, it looks Iron cool. Harvest. Cool. At least it's a video game, but Iron Harvest is. Uh, oh yeah, they use it too. Yeah, it's definitely Iron Harvest esque. It's a. Uh, Steampunky, anything you got steampunky, robots and and history, I'm all in. <laughs> so Iron Harvest is actually based on the same art concept. Oh, oh it is. Well, they're both uh, 1920s plus uh, universe. Um, yeah. The artists. So uh, I I can never remember the the names of them because it's not like Soviet, but it's close to Soviet. Uh, like I think it's Rusviet or something like that is one of the factions and that's like the main characters in or the main or no Polanya is the one that you play in Iron Harvest to start with but that is also one of the factions in Scythe that you can play as uh, I haven't played a lot of Iron Harvest but I did back it and when on the Kickstarter um, the the, the person that, like, designed the game mechanics for the board game was, like, approving the the video game, too. So, it's oh. a cool connection. Mm. Actually, my uh, freshman year college roommate um, was always a bigger video gamer, and he had backed the Iron Harvest video game, and then he found out through like my Facebook page or something that there was a board game in the same universe and he started coming to our events because of it. So it's kind of <laughs> cool to reconnect with him that way. Yeah, in a different medium. Cool. Oh yeah, it's called Tale- Tales from the Loop. If you want to see that TV show, Tales from the Loop uses a lot of that sort of industrial technology married with like, uh, I don't know, sort of a post-World War II vibe. It looks really And where is it available? Uh, it's on Netflix, Tales from the Loop. Okay, I'm intrigued. Yeah, we did we did a review on it a long, long time ago. Uh, I, I couldn't even tell you what episode. <laughs> it was so long ago. But yeah, we did a review on the season uh, that there was. It's an anthology series, so the episodes sort of loosely tie together, same themes. But yeah, it uses that art style if you want to see more of it. So That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Huh. It does look similar. Interesting. That's cool. That's sweet. Produce. All right, so that's my number two. Joe, where do I want to go with you? Uh, so my number two is um, Architects of the West Kingdom, uh, Garp Hill Games. Um, I like this. It, it's, a, it's a worker placement game, but it has a lot of cool uh, mechanics that are included into it that just really call it out for me. Um, I, I think it's a light worker placement game, like... Um, Champions of Midgard, or uh, or um, what's the other one? The uh, Waterdeep, uh, Lords of Waterdeep. If you've ever played that, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just like an entry level one. But what's really nice about it is it incorporates some uh, engine building mechanics, slight. Incorporates some drafting mechanics, like if you've ever played uh, card drafting games like Dominion. Um, uh, it incorporates some. Uh, some take that mechanics where you can actually, you know, stick it to your neighbor 
And, and I feel like that's that's a mechanic that's often missing from worker placement games. And so altogether, um, uh, it, it's just a fun, it's very simple to get into, but then uh, it's it's got a nice little balanced strategy uh, around how you mix those mechanics together to, to gain your victory points. Another piece of the game that's really nice is that there's a virtue track uh, as well, and you can either play a good guy that you know wants to build the cathedral and, 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 and be virtuous, or you can play a bad guy that sits on the black market all day <laughs> and purchases his stuff for real cheap, um, but then takes a hit on some victory points, and you get to make those decisions all throughout the game, so it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. And the drafting card mechanic can... Um, can boost either gameplay, so you can feasibly play a bad guy and uh, get the the bonuses for that, and then have some supported uh, cards that will help you out with that strategy. So, it's I love the game, and the artwork is a little funky, but it's kind of fun, um, uh, cartoony. Um, historic comes with some nice pieces, uh, and. Uh, yeah, highly, highly recommend it. The take that mechanic is you can place your worker on a, on a particular uh, spot and then entrap or in imprison other people's workers. And then they have to go bail them out of jail. Um, another unique mechanic in this game that I really like is the more workers you have on a specific spot, the more benefit you get from placing an additional worker there. So, uh, like I said, it's got a mixture of... of several different mechanics I really like, but it quickly became my favorite, uh, like, go-to worker placement game um, that that uh, I've played over the last couple of years. Really enjoy it. So, everything you're saying is making me so sad, because <laughs> I love... Why? I, I, I love this game, okay? And what sucks is the only time I got to play it, and I played with uh, Dave and Travis and Adrian, was on Tabletopia. <laughs> and I tell you what, doing that probably added an extra hour and a half to the game from everything you're saying, how simple, fast, and easy it was. And it just wasn't those things. <laughs> but I still enjoyed it so much. It was just so, I just liked that game so much. And I was just like, I want to play it. So I want to play it, you know, in person. Yeah. You know, with people who know yeah. how to play it and everything. It just sounds something wrong, though. I think, well, and I think stuff was messing up and. Uh, you know, help you to reset a couple times, and because we, like, I think there was a mechanic. We ever had people go to jail? Yes, we didn't. I don't think we uh, we understood the jail mechanic as much. Yeah, I think it takes a a, flu, a few playthroughs till you get it, but then once everybody at the so. table understands that mechanic, they start really sticking right. it hard. But for me, <laughs> I, yeah, and for me, everything I was seeing, everything I was feeling from the game was just. It was just clicking, you know. I really enjoyed it. So this is a game I think definitely. If I got to play more, it would it would it would go onto my list. I, I really liked it. Yeah, I I love this one, and then uh, the next one that they came out with. Well, I mean, I guess this this particular company also does. Uh, what is it, Raiders of the North Sea or something? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think that was the first one they did. So, yeah, so I think that was their first iteration. I've never played those, by the way. There's three different ones of those. I've never played them. I've heard great things about them. The next worker placement game in the same theme genre of this game is called Paladins of the, the North or the East Kingdom so or whatever West. it is. But it is much more heavy 
than this game ever was. And, uh, and I enjoyed the hell out of that one too. Um, I just like this one because I can get it to the table a lot more often than the other. That's cool. The one thing I'll say about this is I like the art style on it. I was just like so, so on the game, but I think the art's cool. Travis, you played it. Right. I remember, right? You mm-hmm. loved it. Now, after looking at the pictures, I do. Yeah, we played it on the app. <laughs> I said. We played it on the app, and it was just <laughs> on the website. I, the thing for me, and I, I don't remember many, Joe, and I think that the problem that I also run into is seeing these guys so, I mean, as rarely as I do, we play all these new things, and I'm like, I need to play them more than once before I can actually get the hang of any of them. So it's just this mind-boggling experience. But, right. uh, yeah. No, I, Joe, I, I think love it was making a, Travis was, do these lists because I, I never know what he's going to remember and what he's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I do remember stuff. this one. I do. Yeah, I think it was Joe. It was literally like two, two and a half hours on Tabletopia, and it was just, it was too much. <laughs> it was <laughs> too much. I, yeah, my experience with Tabletopia has not been that great either. I think it does add a lot of time to the gameplay, you know. And I feel like it's hit or miss on whether the the games are represented well or not. I so the one thing I found with Tabletopia is it's good as long as you don't have to do anything with cards. Cards are tough. Yeah. Okay. Because for some reason it glitches out anytime you you try to interact with the cards. Mm-hmm. Well, we played a game with Sean one time, and for the first 20, 25 minutes, he he was, like, just going with it. He, he didn't know what was – I mean, all he could see was a blank piece of wood. And he's like, wow, these pieces are moving around. I don't really know where I'm supposed to go or what's happening. But he just – he didn't say anything for a while. And he's like, I don't, wait a minute, guys. This doesn't seem right because I don't see anything. And we had to restart the whole game, but that was just. Would it be refreshing, or would it, we have to really restart? I don't think we had to restart. I think he did something. I had to refresh. And that was Is that what time. it was? And then the hey, down. look at the board. Yeah. <laughs> so. And the three of us are like talking about, oh, we're coming up to the loop, and Sean's like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, he's looking at the grain in the wood. He's looking at the grain in the wood. Like this kind of looks like a <laughs> figure eight, I guess. Where you do, do you and measure he's like this? Halfway through the game, he's like, "How do you know when this ends?" Good times. Good times. Good stuff. Well, I'll jump in with my number two because I actually think it might have been that game that we were playing on Tabletopia. Um, but my number two is Downforce by Restoration Games. Um, great game. I, I love cars, racing, all that stuff. It's very accessible. Basically, you have a bidding round where you choose the the colors, the cars, um, that you're going to be as your, you know, the ones that you're moving around the racetrack um, at the very beginning. And, you know, you see, you kind of want to find a good balance between getting in, you know, getting some cars and not spending a ton of money, right? And those cars come with a power up that, you know, kind of helps you throughout the game. Um, and at the end, your goal is to not only ha- ideally have your cars finish in the top positions, but, um, 
But also along the way, you bet at certain increments on who you think is going to win based on where they're at on the board at that time on the racetrack. And so I think it does a good job of not making people feel, well, you know, I'm in the back. There's no way I'm going to win, so why even try? Because you still have that betting element throughout that can definitely help you earn money um, by the end. And it plays... You can get through it within an hour, you know, no problem, usually. Um, And, yeah, it's fun, and you get different maps and stuff, just different boards and things that you can purchase. And um, you can even get different cool cars, like Mario Kart vehicles, if you want. And you can play with those instead of the, you know, the the cars that come with it. So you can kind of theme it the way you want to. Um, But I've really enjoyed that game. It's one of my favorites. So this was my number three. When it's not on a wooden board, it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah. So yeah, this was my number three. Okay. There's actually track to it. Yes. There is. It helps a lot. (laughs) So yeah, and it's nice, like you said, you know, the different tracks and a lot of them they had like different little mechanics, Mm -hmm. you know, different ways how you can move around the track and different obstacles and things like that. So that's always cool. But Um, new powers. This was my number six. Okay. And I agree with everything you guys have said. Uh, the variety that the different boards add keeps this game fresh. Um, and like Travis was saying, the the betting is probably even more important than getting your own car across the finish line. Mm, I've yeah. seen people yeah. whose cars didn't even cross win just because they started betting on the car that won from the beginning so mm. um, it's it's a lot of fun uh, I actually played this one not with the designer but the uh, like owner of the publishing company and it was funny because I I told him my strategy is I just bet on green <laughs> and that's how I win, and he's like, "That's that's a bogus strategy." That's a bogus. Then I beat him with it. So mm. <laughs> who's laughing now, right? Yeah. I'll show you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry if you're listening, Justin. Come <laughs> on. Uh, 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 so, right. so my number two. Uh, I'll go. go. For it. Do it. Uh, another party game, a little more um, brain required. Brains required for this one, um, but definitely had a lot of good times. Also, a very um, unique experience with Travis. Uh, code names, mm. um, and uh, if you're not familiar with it, you have I think it's like 25 cards that you put out in mm-hmm. completely random order, and all different words on them. And then you have two teams. Each team gets a reader, and the two readers know what the map is on the board to say, these are my cards, these are their cards, these are the neutral cards, and this is the pick-it-and-you-die card. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so the objective is that you say, the reader says one word to try and get their team to guess only their team's words, and not the hopefully not the neutral and definitely not the you die black card. Yeah. And uh, and you know the more words you can associate with a single clue, the better. Hence the, the code names aspect. Um, so uh, I mean, it helps to have 
your reader needs to be very it needs to be functioning pretty well. You can be very during it, but um, it helps if if you know each other, of course. Uh-huh. Um, makes it a lot easier if you're on the same team. So probably not the best icebreaker kind of game, but still a fun party game, which we've had a good experience with in the past. And just yeah, it's a a, a clever twist and. Sometimes gets a little bit slow while the readers are trying to think of a good word to use to try and get more than one one guess at a time. But yeah, it's code names. Lots of fun. Yeah, code names is a lot mm-hmm. of fun. This is one that we've talked about earlier. is very accessible. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah. Again, it's a mass market thing. You can pick this up at Walmart. Mm-hmm. The only. I don't dislike the game. I'm just burnt out on it. When this uh, first came out, my my mom loved this game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can play one of these games in like 10 minutes or something. Oh, yeah. We literally went through the entire deck in one, one <laughs> night. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. That's a lot. So, <laughs> mom, that's enough. <laughs> mom, no more code names. Code names, stop. <laughs> It's like I, I've had enough code names for the next three years. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening for sure. But definitely fun, and like I said, Sean, I think accessible. But it helps when you know the people because you can kind of play on your past experiences and the humor yeah. and the connections that you think that those people are going to understand. Yes. Yeah. So, really, really fun. I, they have it. No, I was going to say they have a ton of different themes for them, too. Disney, this, that, NSFW, I mean, you name it. It's got a lot. I mean, you'll find your niche, but, yeah. Mm -hmm. Marvel. Yeah, Marvel, Disney. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize they had those. I I would Actually, thinking about it more, I would almost recommend not doing it with people you don't know at all, Um, just because if you don't have some kind of connective tissue, it's like... You have no idea what people are going to be guessing, and it's just going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you're going to be like, wow, that's, I really don't like you now because all because of this game. <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Harsh. Oh, well, that's uh, how I play games. Game. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 we're not. Oh, no. <laughs> it could be, though. Saw some red flags right away, but all right. <laughs> see you later. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's right. automobile in pairs. <laughs> yeah, Why what are you, you thinking? thinking? Yeah. <laughs> it's a great game. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, who hasn't spoke about their number two yet? Me and Alex. Okay. Alex, Alex you can go. Go for it. Okay, I'll make it short and sweet. Uh, Boss Monster, a game we all know and love to some extent or another, I'm sure. Uh, it's, a, it's a great game from an artistic perspective. It's got cool sort of you know 8 or 16-bit graphics, depending on how you look at it. Uh, you play the role of the Boss Monster, and your goal is to build a dungeon and then attract heroes to the dungeon to murder them. And the more heroes you murder, you win the game. So it's a little bit tricky to attract them to your dungeon, though, because you have to actually set it up so it's themed for... What is it? It's thief. Uh, what, what's the onk for? Priest uh, or mage. And then you have to attract certain types of heroes to your dungeon. And it all looks like sort of like a Final Fantasy one themed 
sort of little game with really cool little boss monsters that you can choose from. And they all have special abilities that activate when your dungeon reaches five rooms, which is the max that it can be. And then you can even build on top of those rooms as well with better, more advanced cards as you go through. So there's uh, ways you can destroy rooms to activate abilities. You can activate abilities uh, just off the rooms that already exist that are recurring. Um, there's just a ton of strategies to the game. There's a ton of ways to screw over other players as you go through it as well, uh, or to help, you know, if you, if you want to, if you want to try and help someone to get them to help you. And, uh, it's just, it's just a really brilliant little game. And, uh, you, there's like boss monster and secret levels that you can get now for like 20 bucks. Like it's, it's a really cheap game as well. And it's a, it's super fun for classic gaming people and people who just want to kind of get into, I don't know, like a dungeon building type card game, which is very, very cool. So. Yeah, one of my favorites. I've never played it. I've seen it, but I've never played it. I've seen it too. Yeah, I've, I've played it a couple times. I, I mean, it's a fun game. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else to say. It's, it's it's a nice game to play. I um, uh, I like the reverse aspect of it. It reminds me of uh, what's that video game? Uh, Dungeon Master was that what it was? Where you yeah, the, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So it it reminded me a lot of that, and I kind of I dig on that, you know, reversal. Mm, yeah, it's counter it's counterintuitive, right? So because you're 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 effectively the whole role is reversed, and you're attracting them to your dungeon for a specific purpose of trying to kill them, and uh, and, and it's ever increasing too because there's like advanced heroes and then there's like regular heroes, so you can. You know, if you get a, if you get, get a game with enough people, you, it can go on for some time. You can play maybe up to ninety minutes on a single game if you have enough people. Um, but it's really cool. It's it's a fun game to learn together as well, just because it gets pretty chaotic with each turn. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So I'd recommend. It. That's cool. cool. I, like, I do I do like the art style too. That just that yeah, the theme is great. I mean, it's yeah. just perfect. Yeah, it's sick. <laughs> so the boxes. Well, I mean, I you could tell they stole right from like you know. The original Nintendo boxes. I mean, it looks just like oh, totally. Yeah. So, uh, How dare you? The design. Yeah. <laughs> I saw one that reminded me of a Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's one. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the what is it? Lost levels or secret levels box with like the expansion in it as well. That's that's what I ended up getting. And uh, yeah, crazy cheap. You can get it for you know twenty twenty five bucks now. Totally oh, worth yeah, it. Sure. Nice. I think I know there's Boss Monster 2, which I think is a whole new a whole, whole other set. I gotta I get that one then. If I have, I haven't played, <laughs> I've only played the original in these. <laughs> I mean, you gotta get the second one. Then. Tracking it down. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm pretty sure, like, every you can just use everything. You know, use whatever you want, mix everything together, Mix them all together. You know, that's all. Nice. That's all the best. You know, just giant boss. That's cool. Nice. Well, okay. what's your number two? So, you know, my number two, you know, involves giant things, too, you know, but this is more kaiju style. Um, this is uh, King of Tokyo. Ah. This was like, this was the game that got me into the gaming, um, you know, one of the first games I bought. And it's just, it's always been one of my favorites, always will be. I mean, just you pick a monster and, you know, you either have to be the player to get first one to 20 points wins or be the last monster standing Mm -hmm. which that way is always more fun just knocking everybody out Mm -hmm. you know um depending on how many people you play with you know somebody will go into tokyo and they'll start uh getting points and all the damage they do happens to everybody else out there but uh everyone else outside tokyo when they do damage it only happens to you so 
Um, and you can't heal. No hearts in Tokyo. You know what <laughs> no. I'm no healing in Tokyo. So you have to always, you know, there's always that push and pull of like, do I try to make it one more turn, get some extra points in Tokyo, or do I bail out now because I need to start healing? Um, and it's really cool. Um, you know, the game comes with a deck of power cards, you know, so in the beginning, I mean, all the monsters look different. But they're all the same, really, and mechanically. Until you start buying these power ups and cards, and you start getting more special abilities and everything, and that's what makes it, you know, a little more uh, asymmetrical and unique mm-hmm. uh, for each monster. But um, also, the, uh, there's an expansion, uh, the Evolution expansion, um, which gives uh, each monster uh, in the base game their own set of Evolution cards. So if you roll certain things, you get one of these super superpowers, kind of, for the game, and. Um, that's the best way to play it. You know, it's, it's, it's an easy thing to add. It doesn't really change much mechanically, but it just makes it a little more, uh, makes, you know, you'll, it'll make you like, Oh, I really want to be Gigazor, you know, because I like his powers type of thing. He can kind of get you his favorite monster. Um, recently, uh, they've started releasing like these monster packs. So it'll just be like a new monster added to the game, uh, with their evolution cards. But they also add like a tiny little mechanic, uh, a lot of times it's like another die you can roll, like uh, like the Anubis uh, character pack adds like a little pyramid die and some like uh, some cards, and you roll that each turn. And depending on what that is, you like flip another flip another card that makes the power for everybody or an event for everybody that happens. So it's just cool. They're just adding little things here and there, and you can just tweak it and uh, do a little more. They just like a new style of the game. Uh, King of Tokyo Dark, I think. So, just with a different art style, I think it's really the same, same exact game. Just a, kind of a darker, a little more menacing uh, art style. I think there is a little bit of a difference to it. Okay. So, so yes, yeah, so there's a little it's bit. Like an extra track. Yeah. This game's been yeah. out for, oh, I don't you know, I think a decade or so right now. So, yeah, I've loved it. The kids, I like bringing out with the kids. They just like playing with the monsters and everything. Yeah. That's fun. Roll some dice. I'm like, what is... I'm just simple math. <laughs> simple math. Come on, kids. Add up to 20. Um, this is my number four. Uh, uh, and, yeah, I agree for all the reasons you've said, Todd. It's it's simple. You can't even bring it out. It's, it's a great gate, gateway game, too, for people who haven't played, you know, games that involve a little bit more strategy. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's and it's it's fun to look at. And you can get – I remember we've collected, like, special characters you could only get at certain conferences by visiting the booth and stuff like that. So that's always yeah. fun. Um, so, yeah, King of Tokyo is great. Yeah, just that easy. I like this one because it's, it's an easy sell. Like, you can – like, most people grew up playing Yahtzee at some point during their childhood. So if you're like, yeah, this is – this is Yahtzee with monsters, and then there's these power-up cards, which we'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's easier to suck people into it that way. So um, but it's also, you know, like, kids can play it. It's easy to teach. There's not a lot of crazy rules that people don't necessarily understand if they're new to gaming. So mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a gateway level. It's good sure. for a lot of things. Yeah, at the same. But this is one of my kids' favorite games since since the first time they played it a few years back. They they still love playing it. Mm-hmm. It'll come out to our family table all the time. For sure. Awesome. All right. All I think right. that's going to wrap up our number twos and move on to our number ones for the night. 
Anybody want to? I won't let Todd go. <laughs> we'll let me go. He had so many on his list, he had to give up. Yeah, he yeah, didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's one left that no one's talked about yet. So a couple left that no one's talked about yet. So I'm going to talk about those here in a second too. So, okay. So my number one, um, you know, Alex, you've been talking about these little dungeon, uh, you know, style games. Uh, my number one is definitely one of those, and uh, we're like Munchkin and uh, the Here to Slay. You know, it's really like card driven and the different cards. Well, my my game's called Arcadia Quest. And this is a full on big board, interchangeable pieces to make different shaped dungeons and different rooms and everything. And comes with a bunch of little miniature characters, you know, knights, goblins, archers, uh, you know, all that different stuff. And it's a really cool game because, you know, like it's 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 not really a co-op. It's kind of like you you pick a team of three heroes, all right, and every other player picks a team of three heroes, and you have to go through, you know, each level. And you set up these scenarios and levels, you know, different treasure tokens here, different monsters over here, uh, and everything. And you have to go through and hit certain objectives. And always one of the some of the objectives are to knock out a player from the opposing teams, you know, and then you know knock out this 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 character on the board, go into this room, find this spot, find this item, type of thing. So. It's really cool. Uh, there's stuff you can do in the game, like I said, against the game, but you also have to, you know, fight against everybody else too. So it's really cool. And um, in between each level, depending on what things you accomplish during the level, you'll get gold, and then you can buy power-ups and spells in between each level. And there's the whole campaign goes over, I think, six levels. And you can kind of pick and choose how you want to go on this track up until like the main final boss and there's like castle type of thing. And in between each round, really like cool. The, yeah, oh, this it, looks it, really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a really cool game. Um, but like in between each round, like, like I said, the different weapons and spells you get are always seem so much stronger than the last ones. So it's like, you're just constantly getting stronger and stronger and stronger. It's like, okay, this, the, each character can only have four things. So it's like, oh, right, we got to get rid of that now and switch out this. And it's like, Wow. You know, there's four players in the game, but it, it, during the level, it'll say, okay, the first two players that make it to this room will get this special item moving forward, you know? So it's like a race to certain stuff like that, too. And it's just it's just really fun. It's just super fun. Um, they have a ton. Like I said, the game, I think the base game comes with like eight or, eight or ten characters. And they have a ton of expansions with other characters. There's uh, campaign expansions with like more boards. Uh, different levels. There's like a full-on Arcadia Quest Inferno, which uh, is like a full another campaign box with more characters and brought in like some angels, which were NPC characters that people could take turns controlling and do super powerful things. There's like big dragon miniatures you can get uh, for certain things. So it's, yeah, I can tell this this would be a game where I'd be very tempted to just keep buying pack after pack after pack after pack. Yeah, it's, it's been hard. I, some cool collectibles in there. Yeah, yeah, I, I, they had like a they had like an offshoot game called Dungeons of Masmora, and I kickstarted that strictly because it like came with like twenty characters <laughs> I could just use nice. over in this game. It was, it was pretty cool. So, and Isn't recently, that the one that, like build up your kitchen table, Todd. Oh yeah, this is a big one. I mean, this you got to have a big table for this one for sure. Because I mean, I like meant the, just the boxes that it came in. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, oh yeah, definitely. This is a. There's a lot of stuff in this game, and it's cram-packed in there, little chits and health and 
everything. There's definitely upgrades you can get for it. So it's not just cardboard pieces. You can get little plastic pieces and everything and different colored dice for different characters and stuff. And um, Yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a big game. And I've been able to play with the same people and we're like halfway through a campaign and it's like, okay, what do we want to do next? What other people do we want to do next time? You know, so you're already looking at the head like a D&D, you know. It's like, okay, this, this campaign's almost over. Okay, thinking about your next character and everything and how different it'll be. Uh, so that's that's really cool. And so it's just recently, I think the past year or two. So this is Arcadia Quest, and it's a uh, you know mid medieval fantasy theme. Well, they recently came out with Star Arcadia Quest, which is basically the same game but in a you know futuristic sci-fi theme to it. So it's kind of right now they kind of got you can kind of pick what you want. You know what kind of theming you want. I, I I'm pretty sure it's, there might be a little bit of differences between the two, but not much. You know, a laser beam shooting around might do different things than the arrows. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, I'm in it with the Arcadia and the medieval stuff. So yeah, this is currently my numero uno. Nice. You know, I wish there was more I could say about this, but I only played like the first, first uh, the little camp. Scenario, of the scenario. It's, it's it's good, but it's no. You definitely want once you're in like the third scenario. Oh yeah, you're you're feeling like a badass, just you know, slinging fireballs all over the place and <laughs> huge axes. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's pretty so, cool. Yeah, I didn't get a, a good taste of it, but I'd be willing to try again, especially now that your kids have done all that amazing artwork on the I figures. No, I mean all my orcs are green and brown. What do you want to fight? Yeah, this is right up my alley. I've not, um, I've I've heard of the game, not played it yet, um, but it definitely looks like it's got the callbacks to like Hero Quest and Descent, and that's, I love those games. So this is definitely something I'll have to check out. And I think this is, uh, you know, definitely Dungeon Crawl, but it's on the lighter end rules wise you know there's not a lot of tracking and you know stats you yeah. know it's not like the gloom haven where every little aspect is just you know insane <laughs> you know so yeah it's really good and but it, it, it takes a while too like you know the first round or two you know an hour hour and a half but like the la- later like the last level that's gonna be like a two two and a half hour you know wow brawl you know trying to get that so that's it, that's it. Count me out. <laughs> All right. That's that. Alex, you want to jump in with your number two? or number. What number are we on? One. 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 <laughs> what number beer are you no. on? Six? Number one. Number I one. I had a long game. week, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the game I could play anytime, anyplace. I'd be willing to throw down whenever. Um, and certainly that there's enough to it in terms of different decks that you can get to make it basically freaking near infinite. Uh, and that is smash up. Uh, I think smash up is about the smartest effing game I've ever seen. Like it's just, it's so, it's so tight and it's so well balanced considering how, just how much there is and how often new packs come out. I'm just, I'm utterly astounded by it. Every time I play it, uh, just the amount of depth that's in there. Um, I, I definitely cut my teeth playing things like Magic the Gathering and Pokemon cards and things like that. And this just, it takes all of the best elements of all these card games that are out there and just piles them all into one game. 
So basically, the goal of the game is you choose two two decks from a series of, you know, I think the basic game comes with twelve or fourteen or something like that, and then you can expand on that up to. They must be up into the forties at this point in terms of how many different factions there are that you can put in there. Um, but you choose two decks. So say you choose like you know like robots and you know like cybernetic apes or something like that, right? And then you, and then you mix those two decks together, and that becomes your deck. You have minion cards, which are basically like, you know, they, they, they have a certain level of attack to them. And then you also have um, uh, action cards, right, that they can commit an action during your turn. And the point is to take over bases that are their own cards uh, that are on the table in front of you and between the other players. And whoever takes over the base uh, and has the most points on it, when that base blows up because it, its HP is basically taken up, then, uh, then that person gets victory points. Uh, all the players, the top three players in each card will get victory points for that card. Uh, there's just an unbelievable amount of strategy uh, built into it. There's there's special actions that you can do. There's abilities. There's uh, there's abilities built into the actual uh, areas, the, the locations that you're trying to blow up as well. Um, I just I, I can't say enough about it. There's there's certainly too much in it to really explain it well here. But uh, quite frankly, I just I think it's one of the best tabletop slash card games i've ever played in my life like it's, it's stupid good like i just i'm still astounded that somebody actually managed to come up with this and make it as well balanced as it is um you know more more uh, seasoned players you know maybe if you're used to playing card games and you're an aggro player well guess what there's aggro easy very easy to build aggro decks in this if you're a control player guess what it's easy to build a control deck in there as well there's just there's so many different ways to play and uh, and i just absolutely love it in fact at this point I, I really wouldn't go back to playing something like Magic the Gathering because a it's just it's it's so, there's just so much you have to consider when you're building out a new deck and it's a lot more money you have to spend to do that to keep it current. But with Smash Up, man, like you can really sit down, you can learn the game in about an hour, and uh, and then you can play it forever. Honestly, and it's just uh, it's just endless endless fun. So I highly recommend it. It's like boom, you like pirates, you like ninjas, boom, now you're a pirate. Boom, pirate ninja, <laughs> yeah, pirate ninja. <laughs> You like yeah, Disney princesses? Is... Boom! Here's princesses, and they're one of the most badass factions. So, <laughs> yeah, honestly, dude, it's so yeah. good. And uh, it has a Munchkin expansion. I mentioned that yeah. earlier. Uh, there's a Munchkin expansion. There's a cool Cthulhu expansion. Uh, different ways you play the game with those expansions as well. And it's just everything's just it's so layered, and it just keeps getting better and better. So, yeah, man, what what a what a freaking game! Love that. Game. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have this game as well, and uh, the last expansion I got was like the Big in Japan expansion. I mean, so it was like, it was like a Pokemon, there was like a Pokemon uh, one, there was like a Power Ranger one. I haven't even seen like this a, one. You blow like my mind right now. Kaiju, Kaiju, there was like oh a Sailor Moon one. And the coolest thing is they all have like this, not only like the cards they add to the game, but each of these little packs, all these expansions, they add like new mechanics, you know, a slight new yep. mechanic. And yep. this one, what it added was these giant cards. And each of these factions, somehow you unlock this giant card you get to put out there. And it's like the Kaiju ones, it's like Godzilla, you know, the Power Ranger ones, the Megazords and stuff. And then they oh, just, dude. as soon as you get these cards out, it's just like you just oh. take them over. And it's so cool. So. That's sick. I, I I gotta get that. I gotta get that. Then I have to play that. What you just said, I have to play. It. <laughs> I know it's a, it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good That's one. amazing. But there's so many. Like I have just so many actions, so many combinations. Like you know, like we were talking about root earlier. There's just so much. Each time you play it, it's just something different. And like, yeah, this would be my desert, my desert, my desert island game for sure. Like hundred yeah. percent. That big and expand 
a big in Japan expansion was actually a while ago. It's... They started doing um, like you can vote on the factions ones after that. So they got wow. like cowboys and Sharknado was one pack. <laughs> I, it's like random things that you don't really expect to go together, but that's the fun of the entire game. So, yep. Um, I will say that I think there's a sweet spot in this game that with four players, it can go a little long, and with yep. two players, it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel know, it feels, challenging enough. It doesn't feel yeah like you interact enough. So I think three players is like the sweet spot for this game. There's like mm-hmm. enough of the um, locations that you're going for, but not uh, so many that it's like you can do whatever you want, but mm. yeah, and that, and yeah, I do enjoy this right. game. Yeah, and I was gonna say too, Dave. That's like the one downfall of this game because it's happening to me most of the times. I play it; it is with four people. You know, it's like my normal game group, and you know, I've had that. I've had it multiple times where it's like my turn. I put down one card in like a second, and then pff, it's twenty minutes until it's my turn again. You know, and it's just like they're doing so much, and it's like that's just. That's what gets you. That's the only thing that the only really negative thing I experienced in that game. And it's just like, ah, when you're just not, it's a card game. You gotta draw cards. You, there's luck to it, you know? And it's just like you're not drawing the right things to get that super combo off or anything. It's just that that part feels bad. But the gameplay, the mechanics, everything like that is just really nice. It's super cool. So that's one of like the first games I got when I got into the hobby. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, like a couple of years ago, they came out with this. It was just a big the expansion. It was just a big geeky box expansion. So it was just a giant box with one extra expansion in it, and it, I think it could hold like fifty like slots. And that's already like they have more than that. Like they need, wow! They, no they don't need a bigger box. The I think they I think they kickstarted a bigger geekier box. A <laughs> hundred. <laughs> What's that game? Let's just smash up. Yes, it's gonna go forever. It's gonna go forever. <laughs> All right, ten player game. Let's go. <laughs> that sounds. All right, let's go. Sean, let's go to your number All right. one. So my number one, uh, we've mentioned it previously as uh, unstable unicorns. Uh, just it's a little bit. It's not super complicated at all. Um, it's, you know, you're trying to build out your stable of unicorns and trying to get to a number depending on how many players you're playing. I didn't realize it sports up to eight players. Never had that. <laughs> That'd be a lot. But uh, it's it's not too complicated. It tends to involve a lot of reading. Not necessarily a problem, but you just have to carefully read what your unicorns do. And there can be a lot of strategy uh, for sure, depending on the different expansions that you have that you're playing with, like um, there's a Dragons version, there's there's a couple different, I think there's an NSFW version, there's a few different variants, and it's, you know, just, I, it's just a lot of fun, and, and the artwork's fun, uh, it's, you know, also by the Exploding Kittens company, so... Um, I, I do remember one time where we played with friends and we got into this weird cycle where we kept trading uh, unicorns for a long time and it was like this back and forth for like, 
I swear it was like two and a half hours. Not normal at all. <laughs> but we just kept going. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's not normally how the game plays out. But, uh, yeah, you know, just fun artwork and mm-hmm. easy to, easy to, to kind of, as long as you're reading the cards, easy to understand. And, you know, deck building and allows some, some, some chatter, of course, and some strategy, which is nice, um, being able to, like, planning on planning out your moves and then, oh crap this person sabotaged me because they stole my unicorn or or whatever so yeah so that's, that's my number one yeah my wife also oh, loves this one i mean i don't know sean have we played it with you i don't think we have no we yeah played, most have played with justin and whitney yeah maybe i know yeah she's got a bunch of them um it was a fun game I haven't played it. I haven't played it. What? I want to. There you go. I can bring it up. I can bring it. <laughs> that is. Wow. All right. I'm surprised. Bring it up. Yeah. It's uh, fun. I, I can't say that it's good. I can't say that it's bad. <laughs> I, I just haven't played it. It's ridiculous. But I love that company's sure. artwork. I do love the artwork. Yeah. Waller games. Just perfect cartoon. Should I do my one? Go for it, Travis. All right. Well, Todd and Sean might, or uh, Todd and Dave might have a better answer to this, or sense of the answer I'm looking for here. But what's the type of game I haven't talked about? I don't know, party game? No, I've talked about those. Yeah. Dave, you love these, like tumbling dice. Action. Oh, dexterity. Dexterity. Oh, haven't brought a dexterity yeah. game to the list. I love I anything, love everything dexterity. Um, and I was, again, at Origins like three years ago, I think, when this was being rebooted. Um, and I had to have literally everything they had at, at Origins. Um, this game, by Restoration Games, is called Fireball Island, The Curse <laughs> of Volcar. Okay? Um, and if you're familiar with the older, you know, original version... It's an island, okay, that uh, kind of has marbles that get dropped in by this volcano, Volcar. Um, and you have these explorers who are trying to collect treasures and ultimately um, get to Volcar so they can take the ultimate shrine or whatever it is, right? So you've got these little people that you're moving around. Um, you've got cards that have abilities that you can use. There's really cool expansions like a pirate ship thing. There's a spider um, infestation type thing so you can buy all these separate but what I really love about it is it's got excellent table presence you're definitely going to need some space to kind of set it up um, there's some dexterity with sometimes again flicking these spiders um, or pushing marbles over to try to get them to roll down these this this maze of paths and take out your competitors um, before they get to that treasure that you want um, so you know Again, dexterity, area movement, you're kind of pushing your luck at times by trying to take paths to get to the certain treasures you need to complete a quest. But really cool. You can get people of all ages, kids involved too. Um, It's pretty easy to pick up. Um, And I think it's really got a place in my heart because when I saw this game, I immediately thought of the show back on Nickelodeon in the 90s, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Mm -hmm. Um, Love that show. Best show. It's basically this game. I mean, but kids are on teams trying to collect the pieces of a shrine to to win, and they're rebooting it for adults in the next 
you know, year or so, which has got me super geeked out and excited. But um, have you sent in your audition tape yet? I will. I'll have to do that. <laughs> um, we'll video. I'll videotape you next weekend. But Fireball Island, it, it's awesome. You can spend way too much money on it. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favorite. Well, it is my favorite game of all time. One of <laughs> too much money. You do get a lot for what you're paying for it. So. You get a lot. It felt like a lot a when I was buying everything at once, Dave. Let's just put it that way. It did. Yeah. It did. You got well, a huge box yeah. you can't put anywhere. It doesn't fit on no <laughs> shelf. <laughs> True. True. So I, I've transplanted mine into a nice wooden box oh. that's made by uh, Broken Token. Nice. And it it's beautiful. But Yeah. Um. This is actually, when I was talking about beating the uh, publisher for Downforce, I actually originally stopped because he was breaking this game out. And I'm, it was on Kickstarter at the time, so I'm like, is that Fireball Island? And he's like, yeah, it is. You want to play? So um, yeah. I was very much on the fence before that. And then as soon as I played it, I'm like, this is like, take that and dexterity combined into one thing like mm-hmm. adrian's gonna love this game i gotta get it so uh i i said it was on kickstarter but i i should say it had just finished kickstarter but um we were able to go back and like late pledge for it mm-hmm. so we still ended up with one of the early copies nice and because i stopped um so the the prototype prototype production of this they carried around in this like big rolling suitcase and anyone who demoed it could sign the suitcase oh and then the company like raffled it off in order to raise funds for charity so that's cool. my name is on the suitcase oh wow I don't know where it ended up <laughs> yeah <laughs> somebody's private collection somewhere that's cool yeah <laughs> This was my number four. Um, okay. I've only played it once with Travis, but and I can't for the life of me remember what what's the old game with dominoes at, from you know probably nineties. It, well, it was not so much a board game. It was more closer to a toy than a board game, but it's a little bit like Domino Rally. I don't know if you guys know what that is. I was trying to look it up. I don't think so. Yeah, the dominoes on the tracks. And you'd like flip yes. them up? Yeah, yeah, but I remember like those. Indiana Jones style kind of yeah. thing. Huh. Um, like Raiders of the Lost Ark. I know. Um, rally. So it reminded me a lot of that in some ways. I still remember the little vehicle that would place the dominoes. Um, I got to play this. This game board looks incredible, man. It's great. It's fun. Yes. It's fun. It fun for all ages. Definitely. So. Yeah, I think um, the thing that I like the most about this game is the way that they added the extra mechanics. Like, you know, the the game back when you played it when you were a kid so simple. Mm-hmm. And then I was worried, like, you know, what, am I going to like this game? Or yeah. am I just buying it because I remember it? Yeah. And then when I played it, I was blown away. Like, there's so much, so many different things that they add to make it fun for adults. Yeah. So, it's not just a random kind of luck of the role, you know, anymore. It's, there's some strategy there for sure. I just love the tigers. Just, 
Yeah. <laughs> Looking for cross. Yeah. Tiger attack. All day. right. Joe. Okay. Yeah, I, I can do mine. So uh, uh, my number one is is number one for a weird reason, but um, you know we run our group, and one of the the and most important pieces of our group is to make everybody feel comfortable and have fun, even if they don't know or have ever played any kind of board game. Period. And so uh, social games like you know Secret Hitler and Werewolf are they can be popular with people who haven't played board games before. This particular one is just an all-time favorite because you could have like people playing it all at the same time, you know, if you really wanted to. Um, my number five. It's Monikers. Yeah, yeah I lo- that's my number yeah. four. Monikers is just, I every time I play this game, there's just all, like, the best explanation I can I can say is by the end of the game, people who haven't met each other have inside jokes with each other. Yeah. And that's what makes this game what it is. Yeah. Um, basically, you have three. You have cards, um, standard trivia cards, but it's like a combination of um, of uh, uh, like taboo and and uh, isn't it taboo? I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah it's taboo, taboo. Uh, uh, charades, and then um, I forget what the, the the third phase is. But basically, you have three phases. One near. You can read off the whole card. You're asking your team to, to kind of guess what the the title of the card is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you uh, one word. then you have one word. to do it with one word, mm-hmm. and then the next is charades. And I think it, what's what makes the game so much fun is that you're playing with the same cards over and over again, and and that's just a it's a unique thing because by the end of the game. You know, everybody is recalling what happened in the first two phases, and so everybody's into the game. You know, whereas you know some of these other games, you're playing with new cards that you pick up all the time, and it's only for the people that understand what the card is. But after everybody has heard what the card is, the description, then you play these one more games, and by the end, it's just pandemonium. And yeah. I just think it's a fantastic fun. It's a great game. Yeah, great. I just I just broke this game out a couple days ago earlier this week with some of my wife's family members. My wife loves this is I have one game on my list of games I can play with my wife and this is it. This is one through six. <laughs> this is the only game she loves this game. So that that gives it high praise for me yeah. as well. And we broke it out with some of her family members for the first time and they were a little standoffish at first, but after the first round, they're like, let's go again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just the way it works. It's just, it's, and we tell them, you know, you'll, you'll see as things go on, you'll just, you'll get it. <laughs> you yeah. don't have to explain anything. You'll get it. <laughs> and then it's just like, you get it. Wait, you're, you're acting out these characters. So it's like uh, it can be characters, it can be events, it can be many different things, you know. But the first, the, like you said, the first round is like taboo. So you just say stuff to get them to guess the clue. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. And then okay. the second round, and the second round with the same exact cards, you shuffle up the same exact deck for the second round, and you only can only give a one-word clue for these people. So let's say. Oh, the first card is Charizard. Okay, it's a big Pokemon, breathes fire, uh, and everything like that. Big wings. Someone gets Charizard. Next round, yep. I'd just say Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Try to guess Charizard. And the third round, charades. Like, <laughs> 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 you know? 
This sounds awesome. I, I, I got to try this game. It's, yeah. It's a phenomenal party game. And it's, you know, there's some cards. Like, you know, we played with some kids the other day. I just took out some. There's some dirty cards. There's some not safe for work cards and some some things. You know, I don't want to I don't want to act out deep throat in front of my, you know, mother <laughs> by any me, any stretch of the word. Do I want to try that? So, I'll, you know, just remove some game. of those cards from the deck, you know, so and then you're just good to go. It's there, for those of you that are looking for the cards against humanity yeah. shock value. Yeah. yeah it's got a little bit of that. And there is like um for that first round there's a description of what the thing or the person is that you're trying to describe. So that helps a lot too. So, so you could literally that. read right off of that description if you needed to, but it's just Yeah. So in setting up the game, yeah, look, it's you give, it looks pretty good. Yeah. That's that's pretty great. In setting up the game, you give each person 10 cards, and they pick five of those that they want to put into that deck of common cards. Mm -hmm. So you're literally, like, helping to create the game that you want to play. Yeah. So it's... I forgot about that. And that that is a huge impact because automatically every single person has skin in the game. They know yeah. something before it even. Mm. But yeah. then you get that one weird person who like throws all this like random stuff that no one knows what it is. And then you pull that card up and you're like, uh, Why'd they I'm just going to read this word for word off the card. Cause I got no idea what it is. Yeah. You know? And then sometimes you get that jackass who puts the card Alex Trebek with a mustache and Alex Trebek without a mustache. <laughs> I mean, Good luck getting somebody changer. to say that, right? Game changer right there. Right there yeah. I mean, he lost the sauce, man. He lost the sauce when he gave up the mustache. That was the problem. <laughs> so, great game. Great game. Can, in that party style game, one of the best. Raids are just pointing at people that screwed up cards in the previous. Uh-huh. <laughs> what they said. What they said. We had the other day, one of the cards was Ginger, and they just pointed at me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that I can help. <laughs> my team. Uh, yeah, this one didn't make my, my top six, but if we had, like, expanded this to ten, it would have. Yeah. So it's definitely a good game. Great game. All right. I think I'm the last one up. Um, my number six. Dave, number one. My... Yeah. Uh, Todd is the only other person, I think, who has played this game yet, but um, I know Joe wants to. Joe. Joe. (laughs) As soon as this is done. I'll just say, Spellings of Eldervale, get that out of the way. Uh, Last weekend, I went downstate and met Joe for a game day, and we were going to play it. Joe's like, can we play it? I'm like, yeah, we can play it. And then no one else wanted to play it. So like, <laughs> Why? Why would no one? Yeah, the box opened and everything. We were so close. <laughs> um, so close, Joe. Oh, no. So Dwellings of Eldervale is a massive game. This box is huge. Talk about, like, physical weight. This yeah. thing's heavy. Um, but there is a lot that comes in it, um, including some nice organizers by Game Trays. Um, but there's a lot of plastic miniatures in this that are awesome looking. Um, I got like the fully tricked out version. So it comes with like airbrush or, uh, not airbrush washed miniatures. So they have like, you can see the details in them. 
I got these sound bases, which are completely unnecessary, but, you know, if you're already paying them that much money, why not make the monster roar, too? Um, the general concept of the game is it's it's really hard to explain. I guess I'd call it like a worker movement, kind of. Um, you're not really moving your workers, but you have to like place them out sequentially in order to take actions within different spaces. Um, and then as you take those actions, you'll build up your tribes. You might recruit more monsters to your side or like collect more spells or quest cards throughout the game. And then you use those to buy these uh, um, the door cards, which are then actions that you can retake that you can take when you recall your figures from the board. Um, so you're putting them out one at a time until you have none left, and then you recall them all and take actions on your door cards. I, I don't know, that doesn't sound as interesting in my head, but no, you're right. it's so it's much fun. It, it, like you said, it's hard to explain. It's, uh, you know, it's super unique. When I you first set up it, one of those games, you know, where I think it looks like it's going to be uh, more intricate or harder than it is, but it's super simple. You know, once you get going, you get the hang of it pretty fast, and you just start building up resources and buy. You feel power. You feel like you're building something. You feel like you're getting stronger as the game goes on. Uh, you know, you, and it's just it's just a fight to the end. To a certain amount of points, is it? Is it? Or, or is it time? Uh, the that end part. trigger is when you get six of your dwellings out, or I forget what the other end game trigger is, but there, there's another one. Um, but so it's a, so I mean, Alex, it's kind of like Catan in that way, to where you're collecting the resources, you know, to build things out on the board, it's, and and it's still hex, hexagonal shapes too, right? The board, the pieces. Yeah, you know, like that too. So just like Catan, that it's like a super it looks like duper Catan, Catan, but maybe with like lore and like magic and stuff oh, like that. Like, like a, a ton yeah, of flavor, yeah. a ton of theme. Yeah, it's it's, like, I'm, I'm looking at the game board. It, it looks really intricate, but really cool. So oh yeah, this it, is awesome. It, it, it's it is super cool, and it's it's just like I said, it's almost like a super duper Catan in a, in, a, in, a, in a sense, you know, where can, collecting a certain amount of resources and building up stuff on the board, getting more people, things like that. It's just Oh, it was so. It, it was also so, talked a little really about recent like, too. It just came out last year. Yeah. 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 So actually, interesting story about that. I saw this was so we do like a Origins a convention preview list of games that are going to come out, and this is one that made my top list uh, two years ago for Origins because it was going to be there for demo. So I was like super hyped going to Origins. I'm like, I gotta get in on this demo. They only had like 10 demo slots for the entire convention. But I got in on it, and they're like, he's I like, didn't, I didn't get in it's on. lunchtime, man. Like, <laughs> we gotta go. Like, I'm like, no, I gotta play this game. <laughs> and, um, but I, I got like 40 points and dominated a monster in the first four turns, which that, that was all they gave you for the demo, but. Um, and I was 
I had so much fun in those four turns that I'm like, I gotta get this game. Like, I'm gonna throw all the money at it. Like, just, just take it. So, um, when it came on Kickstarter, I, I literally got everything for this game, and I don't regret it at all. <laughs> no, never. I mean, I've only played this game the one time. This feel more, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be up there. It's absolutely breaking. Joe, yeah. The other thing I was gonna say is. We talked a little bit about, like, asymmetry earlier. Like, the there's a little bit of asymmetry in that each faction has, like, uh, specific powers for specific units. But those aren't, like, drastic differences. I'd say the bigger differences is in the doors. Like, if you start collecting a lot of purple, you get, like these crazy powers because it's like the chaos faction so the the cards you're collecting reflect that and it gives you like special um abilities that are just mind-boggling and then there's like the red faction which is like more combat heavy so it's kind of asymmetric but it's directed asymmetry in that you kind of get to pick which Direction you go with it, so it's cool. I can't wait. <laughs> Set it up. Just keep the <laughs> keep the camera on. I'll tell you guys where to put my pieces. I'll play with you. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's so that is everyone's number one now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. My number six. <laughs> Glad we got there. That is going to wrap up our episode. Um, Before we completely sign off, I want to say thank you to our guests for being here, Joe and Alex. Um, Alex, you want to give another plug for your podcast before we sign off? Actually, I'll forego that and just mention, um, so I do actually have a a podcast app that I'm a co-founder on, and it's called Cephalopod. And uh, it's uh, co-started uh, with myself and uh, has wild from Grief Burrito Podcast. So make sure to check them out, too. But the app is called Cephalopod, like the squid or the cuttlefish. And you can go and check it out. But it's a great place where you can listen to your, all your favorite podcasts that are also listed on iTunes. They're all in there. But uh, also, it's a monetization platform for creators. So if you're a podcaster and maybe Patreon's been tough for you or you want an alternative, you can actually list your content on there like a marketplace, almost like Shopify for podcast bonus content. And that's the idea behind the app is just to kind of make a cool singular place where someone can go and potentially monetize a creator and also listen to their favorite indie podcast. So it's called Cephalopod. Go check it out. It's on the uh, app store and play store right now. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So anyway, that's, that's my, that's my final plug. Awesome. Thank you guys again for joining us. Um, If you. you are tuning in on Twitch, Twitch, what are we on? Twitch. Twitch. <laughs> he's tired. He's, he's ready for bed. I have been working 16-hour days all week, so oh um, words. Words. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching us on Twitch, hang out for a second. We're going to do a raid. Um, raid for those of you listening to the podcast at home. Thanks for watching. Until next time, play hard and drink fun. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the D6 Pack. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode, so reach out to us on any of our social media outlets at D6 Pack Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to tune in to our next episode on September 30th. 
As always, the six-pack is not affiliated with any products discussed during this podcast, and all opinions are those of the creators. Graphic designs were provided by Colin O'Donnell, and theme music was created by Quiet Cove.